Hello and welcome to the uh, 15th official episode of the Film Yak Podcast, our weekly podcast where we discuss movies. And I am John. I'm Kevin. Jonathan. And today we're going to be discussing Jonathan's pick, David Lynch's 2006 film Inland Empire, which was his last feature film to date, and according apparently to a recent interview, his last feature film ever that he will make. He says he won't come back. Hmm. Hopefully he'll uh, continue to work in television and things like that, I guess. But anyway, we're going to be talking about that movie as well as other things we watched, uh, including uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. And something else in the theater? No? Did one of you guys see a movie in the theater? Not me. Nope. I'm must be thinking of Jordan. Jordan saw Lady Bird. Mm. I asked him to write a review for it. Yeah. And, uh, he said he's working on it, but it doesn't look good. So, I don't know. He may not, uh, he may not want it to be published. <laughs> Which is really unfortunate, because I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to see it. But, anyway. Um, speaking of Lady Bird, I guess we could just dive right into this. Uh, best reviewed film ever. Best reviewed movie of all time, <laughs> according to Rotten Tomatoes. How how is this hmm. possible? <laughs> well, uh, weren't they saying the same thing about uh, Get Out when it debuted in theaters? Like it had like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something, right? But there's several films with a hundred percent, and that Lady mm. Bird has a hundred. I think it was hundred and sixty four positive reviews, up as opposed to Toy uh. Story two, which held the. Uh, record before, which was 163 positive reviews. Wow! So, hmm. Get Out might have you know 85 positive reviews. Uh, yeah, and right. it's at 100, yeah. percent but it's right. not as well received. Yeah, like yeah, it seems like Rotten Tomatoes has easily replaced uh, Thumbs Up or Thumbs Down from Siskel and Ebert. Absolutely, I doubt anybody really even pays attention to Ebert's website anymore. Since, right. Yeah, especially yeah. As he I'm died. sure most people don't even know who he yeah. is. Right, the other guy, Roper. Right. Well, you know, fuck Roper, but... Uh, <laughs> um, well, uh, are you guys interested in seeing this film, or... Um, I know Jonathan said no, he wasn't going to do it. Yeah, he couldn't it doesn't it. look It doesn't look good at all to me. Um, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Like I said last week, anything Greta Gerwig is involved with, mm. I'll probably check out at some point. And uh, so, I, you know, I want to see it. Uh, you know, also it's it's end of the year. It's top ten time, so I gotta yeah. I gotta round out that top ten. I gotta you know start really really juicing it up. Mm. So uh, we'll see if Three Billboards makes the cut. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that air conditioner crazy yeah, loud today? It is. I it sounds not, like rain. It's not normally loud like that, right? Yeah. You, can you guys hear it? Yeah. Not you, the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you guys are just going to have to bear with that. Uh, it's going to come on every few minutes throughout mm. the entire podcast. So just try to ignore it. Pretend we never said anything about it so you don't even know it's happening, okay? Yeah, we'll actually cut out, out this whole segment. Right. Um, also, the new trailer for All the Money in the World dropped, mm. I think, yesterday. And uh, it's got Kevin Spacey totally scrubbed from it and yeah. replaced by Christopher Plummer even has one of the lines that Kevin Spacey says in the original trailer said by Christopher Plummer, so it's pretty fun to see. And uh, <laughs> I, I will say that Christopher Plummer, just on that yeah. line alone, much better delivery, like much more interesting delivery, mm. much less self-aware. I feel like Kevin Spacey was really self-aware in the trailer. Like he was mm. like I'm like he knows he's in makeup and he's playing an old man and he's playing mm. this like rich asshole man and he just he just didn't seem like authentic at all 
And I think it would have been smarter just to cast an old person to begin with. Did you guys see the recut trailer? No, not yet. I saw that it was out, but I didn't. Uh, I was just scrolling through Facebook, so I didn't stop on it to hear the sound or anything. Right. Well, this is a great podcast because none of us look <laughs> at anything that happens movie wise. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. It's uh, fine. It's a good trailer, though. You should guys check it out for sure. For cool. sure. Cool. They reshot the scenes. Right. It's not digital. That's insane. It looks good, though. No, oh, it looks cool. really good. The movie looks good. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, is there any other news items that you guys are interested in discussing or can remind me of? I thought there was, but I'm blanking on it now. I thought Jonathan? there was. Nope. <laughs> Jonathan's so pleased with himself that he just can give a shit about this. No, I just don't really keep up with news. Nope. I, mean. <laughs> I did read an article about Daniel Day Lewis quitting acting or whatever. He, he was talking mm. about uh, filming of the new P.T. Anderson movie and how difficult it was. Apparently there was like a lot of challenges and stuff filming it. Hmm. And did it, he say why? No, he never said why, but he said like it, it basically like it was the last nail in the coffin for him. Like he was done with acting after it. So this essentially killed his acting motivation. <laughs> it makes me more excited. <laughs> he's to been, see it. apparently he's been like, you know, toying with the, the idea of quitting or retiring and doing something else. But like this movie really, finished it off for him i i i've read somewhere that um somebody said that it was a, like almost like a 50 shades of gray yeah type of apparently thing. it's really dark or something yeah so mm, that you don't get in the trailer that's exciting obviously. i mean because yeah I, the trailer looks like kind of generic oscar fare and uh so i would like to you know i would like to believe there's something more going he on. said something to the effect of like when they started they were really excited and then halfway through it just got really like they were really down and depressed. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that, but it sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, any well, movie that depresses its actors and crew is <laughs> yeah. aces with me. Yeah. I don't know if I would really buy a hundred percent into him quitting. Cause apparently he quit like a long time ago and he quit in 97 after the yeah. boxer. And then he came back out of retirement yeah, to do for gangs, of, gangs New of New York. Like uh, apparently Scorsese, yeah. like, I don't know if he like went and found him while he was working as he a was cobbler wor- yeah, in Italy. He was a shoe cobbler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think it might stick this time just cause he's so much older, but true, at the same true. time, I mean, I could see him coming back in 10 years and you know, somebody has like, like if Pete Anderson came back and had a script that he liked or something, mm, you know, yeah, might yeah. come back and do it. I could also see him. He see, he did, he was, uh, careful to say he's done with film acting so he might oh, still do right. stage acting or whatever yeah although i'm not even aware necessarily that he's done any stage acting but mm. anyway also oh, yeah. one more thing i saw so denny villeneuve is apparently gonna do dune like we were just talking like about 100 sure yeah he's it's like, on it's kevin was saying it's already on letterbox yeah, yeah. and the guy oh, what was it um the guy who wrote forrest gump is doing the script steve steven zalian or no, that's no, no, no. list. Uh, I don't know who wrote Forrest Gump. <laughs> I was just like, okay. Like, uh, <laughs> well, that's not necessarily I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, it's just kind of weird. I don't know. He won. An, he probably won an Oscar that year for yeah. writing Forrest Gump. So. Yeah, I mean, Forrest Gump's a well-written movie. Yeah, yeah, it is. I was telling him though, the new Dune is just terrifying. It's just it like is. it's just another like it's just going to be Blade Runner twenty forty nine again, where he just you know like. He doesn't completely drive the franchise off the cliff, but it's just like, uh, <laughs> it's you just know, vanilla. commercial, yeah, generic 
lame. You know, looks really nice, but that's Dune is it. just not. It just should not be done. I don't know. It it needs to be like four hours long, yeah. and they're never going to make it four hours long. And right. well, who who wants us to do a war? It just needs to be I like do. an HBO miniseries <laughs> or something. Well, sci-fi did a miniseries. Yeah, like William that Hurt. was my first introduction to Dune. Yeah. Like seeing like there was a trailer for it. I loved it and, when I was a kid. Yeah, and like it's you terrible. see like yeah like <laughs> it's awful. It is like, brutal. It looks bad. The acting is bad. I mean, yeah, it's closer to the story in the book, but whatever. It's horrible. It's really bad. Yeah. I have never seen that. I've only seen Lynch's Dune. It's like six hours long, too, I believe. Yeah, I don't. Eric Roth? Does that name? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eric, yeah. Eric, Eric Roth. I'm thinking okay. of Eric Red, actually. I don't know. I'm not necessarily sure oh, who Eric Roth is. Benjamin Button, Munich, Good oh, Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's quite a resume. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's not, you know, I mean, the writing isn't isn't mm. the most important thing because, again, it's just adapting the story. I mean, yeah, it's important yeah. how you adapt the story, I guess, because I, I'll be most I'll be most uh, intrigued to know how they're going to deal with the narration. Yeah, like that's the thing I think that makes or breaks it as a film because it's like that, and I mean, I think at this point the story itself has kind of like been done so many times that it's just the Messiah story that it's like. They, they got to do something like really out there with it. I mean, I, like, I agree it's a messiah story, but I don't know. I don't know if it's ever been done quite like it is in the book. I, now, I feel like now, it's just been ripped. For like, you, it's been like I've only read about seventy percent of the book, and it's been about mm. nine years since I read that. Yeah. But the part I did read, and I liked it a lot. I just didn't finish it. But the po- part I did read, it just it seemed like I mean, it's very very engaging and interesting and. uh I feel like it's almost it's more I, I feel like it's less sci-fi and more like Shakespearean, you know, and I think mm. if it's dealt come out like uh as a tragedy or as a uh not necessarily a tragedy but a um like a Shakespearean kind of situation mm. where you know the royalty yeah. and the people who are the, the coup that happens and everything like all that kind of stuff. I think that's all really if it's done well and uh right by the right people. I mean, I'm one of the people who I you watch Jodorowsky's Dune, and I really think Jodorowsky would have. I, I think it might have been like a little bit of a train wreck, but I think it would have had amazing moments. I think it would have been a complete train wreck, but mm, I think I don't know. I think it, it might have been one of those just weird. He takes it like way over the top, and it's just like his own thing. Just the way, just the way, well, just yeah, what he was describing with the story, the way like the. The bull's blood somehow ends up in Duke Leto's. <laughs> no, no. Somehow or another, the bull that Leto kills impregnates Jessica. Awesome. And, <laughs> like, but not with, like, bull semen, like, with bull blood or something like that. I guess it's, that's what I mean. Like, Jodorowsky's a very spiritual person, a spiritual filmmaker. And yeah. Dylan Villeneuve is, like, as far away from spirituality as possible. Like, he's all about, like, cold, hard yes. sci-fi reality. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, everything's dark and grim. And even, like, Arrival is just, like, cold and it's sterile. Like a, it's like a block mm, of yeah, yeah. granite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, if I, I, I want to see, it's like, Dune is a spiritual kind of story. Like, it needs to be. So... Mm. I mean, there's a lot of detail in the book too that needs to be in it, and I feel like yeah. I feel like Lynch did a really good job. Actually, like I say, like I always say, the first hour and a half of Lynch's Dune, fucking rules. Like it, it's pretty great, but then it, it certainly just looks. It good. just goes right off the fucking cliff. Yeah. Well, I think like it would be interesting to see if he had had final cut on Dune, what he would have done yeah. with it, because you know, like there's 
the whole thing of they finished it and his his version was close to three hours and then they cut it down and then they like have you seen the extended version yeah. that they had for TV? It's literally like twenty minutes of like um, uh, what you call them conceptual drawings. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, yeah, yeah. We yeah. Yeah. Started it's like four and a half hours yeah. with commercials on TV. It's like it was like ridiculous. Yeah. It was like it was, an afternoon. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> with commercial breaks. Yeah. Yeah. So and like, I mean, now like they might focus a little more on the ecological side. Um, See, that's the kind of shit I don't want. Like, I don't want. I, I understand that. Like, the whole thing is mm, uh, is yeah. like about Saudi Arabia or whatever and oil and shit. But like, I don't. I don't want there to be some kind of message that appeals to now. Like, I want it to be timeless. Oh, it I totally feels agree. Timeless to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the cool thing about the book in the first place. Like, it has the ecological stuff. It has the you know kind of ha- uh, Hamlet meets uh, Muhammad mm-hmm. aspect of it, and it has like the the drama. And, um, you know, it's never beating you over the head with any of that stuff. Though. Yeah. Yeah. All that and stuff's there. And it's like, you can read that into it, but it's not yeah. necessarily like the author is saying, this is what this is. Yeah. 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 And, that, and that's beautiful. And I don't think, I honestly don't believe that a movie like that could be made in the current, uh, Hollywood climate and not, so. and they would not push an agenda. Yeah, I like, totally agree. They're going to have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're going to have to get fucking, you know, uh, Whoever I don't even know who who's like the hot young uh, Ryan man. Gosling. No, no, but it'll be somebody <laughs> young though, right? I mean, in the book, he's young. Yeah, right? he's he's like really young. he's seven, like sixteen or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like they're gonna have to get 15, some like, 15, some yeah. teeny bopper in there to <laughs> play him. I mean, Colin McLaughlin's got to be. You know who they're gonna do? He has to, he's got to be somebody. He's got to be like Dun- Duncan Duke or Duke That would be yeah. <laughs> they're gonna get they're gonna get Asa Butterfield from Ender's Game to play him. <sighs> Please God, they so are. Oh God. Please. Although he might be too old at this point, but I, I, mean, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to th- like I can't think of immediately any actors who are like within that age range. Me neither. Um, it would have been great if like Robert Pattinson had done it like ten years ago. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> he could be a great Duncan. Hey, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, and then fire Denny Villeneuve and get Bradley Corbett to direct, who did uh, Childhood of a Leader. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Brady Corbett. She get sorry. like Elle Fanning or something to do it, and like make her like look like a guy. Make her look like a yeah. dude. Yeah, and it could be like a, like a comment on on like sex uh, LGBT. <laughs> like be fucking uh, amazing, actually. I'm right? Well, like that's, that's a rule. That's, I would be into it <laughs> to make her look like a guy. She, that, I that's mean, who. That's who should be directing it. Nicholas Winding Refn. That's who. She I mean, yes. he, he talks. He almost talks about it in the uh, Joe Rossi's Demon. Yeah. It's like I, I have interest in it. But he like, wants. He, and he he's directing the uh, or he's supposed to be directing the Incal. The Mobius yeah, and Jodorowsky. Uh, oh, uh, what comic. happened to that? Yeah, oh, I don't right. Either, but he's been talking about it for a while. And that, that mm, would be amazing. That would be really insane. I would love to yeah. see Winding Refn do anything sci-fi related. I think he'd kick the shit out of it. So yeah, he would. He would do it well. He would do it without, like you said, without all the baggage. Right. And um, it would. And it would be a singular vision, and it would be extreme, yeah. and it would be challenging. Unlike something Denis Villeneuve would. Make. I really just. At this point. To end with, for me, I really would just wish it was a sci-fi, or not a sci-fi, but a uh, that would be horrible. A uh, HBO miniseries or something. Yeah, that would sound like a high-budget yeah. HBO. Yeah, that'd be incredible. One-season thing because HBO really has a big blind spot as far as science fiction yeah. goes. So I mean, be- Westworld's like okay. 
Yeah. yeah. But even even Westworld is like it's a hybrid of science fiction. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, yeah. Uh, mystery and and uh, the West, yeah, Western, yeah. obviously. So it's like mm. you know, yeah, to do something that's pure sci-fi, I think that'd be really, really fucking cool. Yeah. If HBO did it, and they could do all the books, that'd be so amazing. Oh God. Yeah, because like, like God seasons, Emperor, like the first the season shit. is the first book. <laughs> that'd be great. Actually, yeah, because I mean, like they could still like condense like uh, Dune Messiah and Children, Children of Dune yeah. into. They into did that for sci-fi as well. Yeah, which was again terrible. Yeah, um, the special effects are so bad. They are. So bad. What year is that? Like two thousand two or something? Three, I think. Oh yeah. The yeah. first one was two thousand, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. or maybe two thousand one around there. Something like that. Brutal. All right. Well, yeah. uh, I guess let's move on to what we watched. Uh, Jonathan is, I think, the the leader this week. He's got more than any of us. So, Maybe, yeah. uh, John- I have five. Really? I got three. So uh, okay, <laughs> I, I I have more. What? But, uh, I thought you said you only had like two or three. Well, I got, I'm looking through the list now. It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah. I watch 18 movies. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> thought Jonathan was going. Well, let's start with Jonathan anyway. Yeah. Um, rewatch Jackass of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, we went to go get coffee the other night, and Jonathan's blaring uh, the CKY song from from the from the show in jest, not not serious. No, you love it. <laughs> no, you went on iTunes and bought that song. No, I didn't. Um, yeah, after that, we went back to my sister in law's house and popped on Jackass the movie. Um, hilarious. Have a lot of good memories tied with this movie. Uh, loved it when it came out. It's still mm-hmm. funny. Uh, now this is not the one with the piss snow cone. It oh, is. Oh, it is. It okay. is. Okay. Classic. There's moment. a. There's so much classic <laughs> shit in this. Yeah. Uh, the part where uh, Johnny Knoxville almost dies from the whenever the uh, the golf cart flips over. Oh right. And it right, shows right. it in slow mo. He's like two, maybe like six <laughs> inches from getting his head completely smashed by the uh, the golf cart. It's insane. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> they just laugh it off and keep doing it. It's funny. But. Uh, I don't know, it's just great. What's your favorite gag in the film? The one I'm going to judge it by laughter. Sure. Of course. Definitely <laughs> Definitely when Dave England takes a shit in the uh in the hardware store. In the hardware store. <laughs> no, the whole thing where he takes a shit in the van first. Yeah, that the whole thing, like yeah. the entire thing. Like he, the whole he, he like can't hold it. He's like ah! <laughs> and, and the other the cameraman's puking everywhere. Yeah. It's a uh, I watched uh, I watched them on mute often at my work. <laughs> you have, if you're ever feeling get, down, pop to this thing today. on. It's it's amazing. It's great though. I my favorite skit is probably uh, the <laughs> fuck. I just had it in my head and I lost it. Oh, what the fuck? No, I was just thinking of it, and then he talked about the pooping hardware store. That's that is a good one. I don't remember. Whatever. They're and, all good though. And Ryan Dunn puts the car in his ass. Like the little yeah, toy that's, car. That's it's not really funny, not right. but it's really funny whenever he goes in and the doctor's like, "Don't just go home. Don't yeah. tell anybody about this." <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it was like, "Wow, that is good." It's like really, concerned. I like when uh, I like Steve Stevo's interview in the van where he's like, "Why he couldn't do it because <laughs> of his dad." <laughs> <laughs> his dad would never forgive him if he yeah. put a toy car in his ass. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Uh, oh, oh! I, f- I remember. My favorite one is the uh, where they're the, at the golf course with the air horn. That is really funny. That's the classic because the guys get so they mad. Get so mad. <laughs> and um, then he, he like the the guy like tees up the ball and they like hit hit at him or whatever. Yeah. They do <laughs> they it again. Do the horn. <laughs> they do it again. 
Uh, anyway, yeah, really funny. Great. <laughs> Three and a half. Kevin? Uh, let's see. Watched World on a Wire by oh, nice. uh, Fassbender. It's uh, pretty interesting. Um, a, l- a little, a little long. Apparently, it was originally like a TV show in Germany. Yeah. Um, and like some of the some of the stuff is a little predictable, but it's visually very interesting and has a lot of good acting. So I'm looking forward to watching more Fastbender. It's like four hours, I think, isn't it? Uh, it's in two. Three, it's in, three and a half. Is it not in two parts though? Well, you can watch part one or part two, or you can just watch the whole thing. Okay, yeah. Although, I, would, I would watch it in two parts because, I mean, that's the way it was shown in Germany. So That actually makes good sense because there might be, like, I don't know, there might be more in, like, parts one and two. And, like, maybe this was just a, a, a maybe, quick edit it could be. I don't of know. the entire now, thing. To I don't be know. fair, I have never seen it. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've owned it for about seven years and I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> right. But um, I will eventually. I just yeah. haven't gotten around to it. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you guys earlier. I actually finally went and hit up the Criterion sale at Barnes & Noble. Oh, nice. Good. What'd you nice. get? Yeah. Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, because I needed needed another copy of the Blu-ray. Uh, got uh, Investigation of a Citizen Above Suspicion mm. for a friend of mine for Christmas. Uh, Down by Law, which nice. I'll talk about later. Yeah. And... Um, uh, Stalker, nice. Oh, yes. cool, great, man. Yeah, I have Stalker and Down by Law, so yeah. those are great. Down by Law, I haven't yes. seen Down by Law in a long time, but based re- on your review, I might yeah. rewatch. I remember soon. liking it a lot. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, I I watched a, a VOD movie called Sweet Virginia, uh, which is directed by a guy <laughs> whose name is Jamie M. Dag, and I'm assuming that's a guy. But anyway. Stars, uh, it stars John Bernthal and this other fellow whose name is Christopher Abbott. And Christopher Abbott, I know from the show Girls that I watched every episode of with my wife, and uh, I like it a lot. But uh, he's in the first couple of seasons of that show, and he's been in some other stuff. He was in the uh, The Sinner, that show with Jessica Beale. He played her husband. So. Going into this, really excited because you know John Bernthal's cool, and I like Chris Rabbit a lot. And it's like a crime noir kind of thing. Uh, it's about uh, John Bernthal is a uh, retired ex rodeo rider who mm. bought a hotel or inherited a hotel from his brother after he died, and so he runs this little like flea bag kind of place. And uh, Chris Rabbit's coming through town, who is a contract killer, but. It's good because it's, he's not a contract killer in the movie sense of the way. Like he's not, he doesn't like you know he's not like one of these guys who like wears leather and has a silencer on his gun and shit like that. <laughs> mm. uh, he's just like a he's he's more like whenever you watch these cop shows and they do a sting on a woman who's hiring a contract killer to kill her husband or whatever, and it's mm-hmm. just some fucking low life. Like he's he's like that, and uh, it starts off with him committing a murder, and it's very intense, uh, very strange his behavior while he does it he's just like he's very antagonistic he's got a real anger problem <laughs> and uh, which serves him well in his line of work but anyway the rest of the movie is about him trying to collect his money from Imogen Poots who plays the woman who hired him and he's staying in the hotel that John Bernthal runs and they end up having a kind of kind of have to fight it out 
and uh, it, you know, it, it's not amazing or anything, but it's a, it's a, it's serviceable. It's a mm. fine, you know, little thriller, throwaway kind of. I told Rustin about it. Our friend Rustin is obsessed with John Bernthal. He mentions him three or four times every time I see him. <laughs> uh, we were make I was making a video for my unborn daughter. And I asked Rustin to say something to her, and she, he literally said, John Bernthal rules. <laughs> so, wow. so that'll be the message to my unborn daughter from Who? Rustin. Uh, but anyway. He'll be uh, a nobody in 20 years. So. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, he actually is in another movie that I'll be talking about later. So mm. uh, they gave that one a three and a half. Sweet Virginia, three and a half. Cool. After Jackass, I watched... <laughs> jackass 2 <laughs> you should have number 2 all my movies are jackass related jackass 3D um, no, bad I fi- grandpa <laughs> have you seen that yeah is it funny it's it's not bad it's it's uh it loses a lot because it has a story which is really yeah. lame you know it's, mm. like, it's like more like a borat kind of thing uh-huh. and um but it has it has some fun moments uh yeah, I'd say overall it's it's not like a it's not it's not half as good as any of the Jackass films. It'd be gotcha. great if they made a Wild Boys movie because yeah. that was like I never got so much into Jackass, but that one like I actually enjoyed because the animals. Yeah, exactly. It was like Steve Irwin with Johnny Knoxville, right? <laughs> Steve Owen, Irwin, Steve Owen. Steve-O, isn't it? Wow. Oh, Steve right, Irwin, right, right, right. It's like pun. John, it's Irwin. <laughs> I know, right? Is it? It's Are you sure? It's not Owen? His entire life is a lie. It's Irwin. Irwin. Irwin, yeah. Steve yeah. Irwin. Anyway, he's dead. But uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I oh, finally got around to watching The Witch. No. Oh, did you oh, really? Finally. I did not see this on your letterbox. No. I saw Rustin rewatched it. What do you think I gave it? I'm hoping you gave it a five, because anything less, I, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> I did give it a five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is, it, it's, it's, I, I thought about it for an entire day, 24 hours you, before that's I read a, That's your limit. Um, <laughs> 23.99 an hour. <laughs> I was thinking, have you seen this, The Witch? No, but uh, now, I'll, obviously, I'll have yeah. to. You have to. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. <sighs> this movie is... For me, it, it's like impossible not to give it a five. It's it's so well done. Like it's it's like crushingly well done. Like all the acting that this has some of the best child acting absolutely I've ever seen. The boy, yeah, is insane. Even the little kids, yeah, they're insane. all insane. It's really, really, really crazy. And the father, yeah. fucking rules. <laughs> they're all from that time. Yeah, like they, they, <laughs> they were transported here for sure. Um, this guy should win the Nobel Prize in filmmaking. <laughs> No, seriously though, I don't want to hype this thing up, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> with a Nobel Peace, <laughs> Nobel Peace Prize in filming. Um, uh, no, it's just really, really great. Um, I didn't think it was going to get as uh, no. I don't want to spoil it or anything, but I, I didn't think it was going to don't don't spoil get as I didn't think it was going to get as literal. Okay, okay, that's what I was going to try. Yeah. Even that's a little. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It rules, though. It's so yeah. good. Um, the ending is killer. <laughs> the ending is really, really killer. Uh, um, if it doesn't really work as a horror movie, I don't know. I guess it's classified as that. Is it classified as that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. For me, it's not scary at all. Like nothing in this was even remotely scary. But um, just as a film, film, I mean, it's fantastic. It's like 
shining level, and that's saying a lot. It's you know it's not really shocking or scary really, but it's just extremely well made and. I mean, super I, I, dark. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's fair to say it's not shocking. No, because personal, it, because like it wasn't shocking to you, right? Personally, yeah. Because mm. I mean, this I could think, be incredibly like this, my mom would like freak the fuck out. Absolutely, if she this. yeah. <laughs> my, my my wife would would yeah. not be able to watch this movie, um, so. especially at the beginning when a yeah. certain something happens. It's right. If you really think about it, it's extremely disturbing and it's horrifying. Yeah, yeah. but. Like you, you had described this movie too. Mm-hmm. You were like, "You want to go see the witch?" I'm like, "I don't know, horror movies." Like, I it just, it just seemed like one of those. Like, <laughs> I thought so too. Before I, before I read like, about it, I was thinking it's like it's like, like Conjuring a or Blum, some Blumhouse, you know? Yeah. yeah, like one of these trashy. And I was like, mm-hmm. eh, "No, I'll pass." And you came back and said, "Like, no, dude, it fucking rules. It's amazing." And I was like, "You're like, well, what's one of the scenes?" And you told me like the scene, and I was like, "That sounds horrifying." That's probably not like, the one I should have told it, you. But it, it, you described it way. Worse than it actually is. It's not. It's not that bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. But uh, well, not to say too much. But well, <laughs> the, whenever Kevin just, watches, it, we'll have a. It's we'll have just a really, discussion. really, really great. <laughs> cool. All the sets are amazing. Uh, I watched the commentary. The and story they, is they, great. They talked yeah. about it, and uh, the director just like hates it. Like he just downs the movie the whole. Thing. He's like, oh, I really don't like this shot at all. It's probably my least favorite what shot. I don't understand why we shot this with the tree where it is and everything. And he's like, <laughs> and the house, like there, these houses weren't really constructed that way back then. Everybody had a two story house back then. And I don't know. We just we we kind of you know tried to do things. And it's like it's good enough. I, it's awesome. <laughs> I shut the fuck up. <laughs> he's very he's very self deprecating and not uh, in that humorous. I mean, you way. can tell he's going for accuracy here. Like, oh yeah. Well, he's he's he talks about a lot about how, he, how much he studied and everything uh, yeah the the time period and and especially the like witchcraft and stuff like that and the, the way beliefs. they speak you'll instantly mm-hmm. i mean it's almost like it's really jarring the first 30 minutes or so the way they're speaking because you don't really i mean it's just strange yeah it's, it's like extremely strange. <laughs> i guess closest thing would be like shakespearean yeah yeah but even weirder than that right. it's like hard to it's hard to tell what they're saying so well like, they have they have really thick accents yeah. especially the father is yeah. like a really thick like uh whatever it is scottish or irish accent or whatever mm. so English, I don't know. But yeah, uh, solid five. Awesome, awesome, cool, awesome. Cool. Finally Jack got it. two? Nope. <laughs> now, I'm, well, I'm, well, well real, real quick, hang on. I'm sorry. Did you watch this with Rustin? Yeah. Okay, because I, I saw that he He, he bought it uh, Black Friday. Okay, yeah, I saw his review for it. He's like, do you got to watch it? It's like, all right. Okay. <laughs> but speaking of jackass, uh, <laughs> finally got around to watching Wonder Woman. Oh, sweet. Loved it? How about those World War One Nazis? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It's mental. It's mental. Are they do they have swastika? No, there? they don't, but it's like they're so evil and like just super villain esque. It's it's just it's, cheesy. I mean, like, it's comical. Like like am I watching a bad comedy here? I did laugh a lot. Well, a lot. Well, also like the the, fa- the the simple fact that like literally the only <clears throat> only German accent in this movie yeah. is when Chris Pine. <laughs> okay, so you were talking about something. Yeah, Wonder Woman is trash. Okay. Um, <laughs> would you give it two? Same here. Like. Like uh, I was talking to Jordan about it, and we, you know, we both agree. Like, yeah, Gal Gadot, like she's decent. She has she looks like Wonder. She Woman. looks like Wonder Woman. <laughs> but like, see, here's the thing. Like, some people will immediately jump to like, 
oh, just because it's a woman, you know, you can't like the movie. Like, no, the movie is bad. The CGI is horrible. The acting is terrible. The accents, you know, whether they're on Themyscira or whether they're in, you know, the World War One front. Like, yeah, literally the only German accent in a movie that has a lot of Germans in it is Chris Pine faking a German accent. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's it's the simple fact that, like, you know, it's not it, it's not good enough to just have a Wonder Woman movie. You need to give it the time and the consideration that it deserves. They should have gotten Catherine Bigelow. <laughs> Honestly, like someone who can do a good job at directing an action movie because Patty Jenkins, she's only the only feature she's done before this was Monster, which. Yeah, what a weird choice, right? Wasn't that like yeah. 2002 or something? It was, it was a long time ago, I think. But and it was, a, it was a pretty good movie, a decent drama, yeah. but like it's not an action movie. It's just a bizarre choice for to go from like a serial yeah, killer like, drama to. I just thought it was know. boring. Like. The point A to point B to point C, like it's just like yeah, a, it's it's it was almost like video game level storyline. Like it was like okay, we got our group of people, let's go yeah. there and and do this. Oh, let's go there to the village. Oh, <laughs> we go to the castle now. Oh, the the village we were just at got gassed. Oh no, it's yeah. just like and like that's the that's the problem that and that's the problem with DC in general. Like they try to like just heap on all this drama that's not necessary. Yeah. Like it's like last time I was talking about Ragnarok and how fun it was. Like you'll never see a DC movie that's fun. It's always somehow gonna have this pseudo next level drama to it. I mean, as much as I don't like Marvel movies, I'll give it to you like Guardians of the Galaxy one and two. Uh, although I don't really like them very much, they're they're fun. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not like they're like you know, there's not like. I don't. Know. I don't know. There, there's dr- dramatic points, but it's not like mm. cheap. Like it doesn't feel cheap like this movie. This f- movie yeah, just yeah. feels so cheap. Yeah. So like, I don't necessarily agree with James Cameron that it's set back. Uh, you know, feminism in movies, but he said that. Yeah. He's uh, apparently he's he's wow. he said something something to, to, that, something effect. to that effect. Yeah. But I mean, this is kind of the guy who like. I mean, he's not solely behind Ripley, but he is all you know. Aliens and the first two Terminator movies, so he's that's you know, he's, he's done he's done well. That's enough. Heroes. Yeah, he's uh, he's done anyone. well, and yeah, like again, like if they had gotten Catherine Bigelow, it probably would have been a much better movie, at least a much better done movie. She was busy directing a piece of shit called Detroit. Yeah, which is like I'm gonna say it one more time though. To me, this is an outdated storyline. Needs to go away forever, just like Superman. Stop making these movies. It's cheesy. Comic books in general? Not comic books in general. Superman and Wonder Woman. Okay. Well, just just say that. Just say that out loud. Now, that's a good question. Is in a room, just say that out loud. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Does that sound good? No, it sounds cheesy. It sounds like is it's she from... ever referred to as Wonder Woman in the film? I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't remember. So. I th- yeah, they call her Diana pretty much the entire time. Yeah. But it's uh, gotta stop. Superman needs to stop. Well, I don't stop. think you'll be seeing much more of them after the <laughs> failure of Justice League or the you know not Uber. Yeah. you just don't get Justice the you League. don't get the gray areas with these with these superheroes. Mm. You, don't get, you know what I mean? Like X Men, you get the gray areas. X Men you know I mean? rules, well, man. Like, like like Watchmen, you get the gray areas. I got Apocalypse on Black Friday. 
I'm so psyched to rewatch. But you get those like you get the like the are these really good guys? You know, you, you get the yeah, you get yeah. more complex characters, and it, it's just, I, I just don't see that with this. Oh, she's she's new to the world, and she's she's just all good. She's 100 percent good. Okay, she's a hero. Super. She, there's hero. no way she's gonna die. Also, like I really personally <laughs> as. As a history major, I think it really like I'm surprised that like more veterans groups haven't come out against this movie <laughs> because no, like there's there's that scene where like you know there's it's just no man's land out there. They've yeah. been they've been on this front for a year and a half and they haven't We're advanced past past 2 <laughs> inches and then well all you needed was Wonder Woman to come and just whoop ass. Like that really does a disservice to a lot of brave people. <laughs> well, so everybody, fuck you. everybody from World War One is dead now. So there's still a couple of surviving no. veterans. No, there aren't. Aren't there? No, no. I think was it Harry. Harry Patch, Patch was the last, was the last British one. The last British. Okay. okay. I'm pretty sure all the Americans are dead too. I'm pretty sure. What about the dead. French? I don't know. Because that's that's I'm pretty that's sure where that's dead. where that battle know. was fought. I know I World know. War Two people are still alive because that's a lot later. I don't know. I, I just think it's a really a real bad disservice to the I memories cheesy, of yeah. a lot of people. I thought it was cheesy. Yeah, it's like really. Yeah, it's just. I mean, even <clears> if you were born at the end of World War One, you're a hundred years old now. So. <laughs> Yeah. You gotta imagine those people aren't alive anymore. There are some hundred and twenty year olds. I mean, yeah, yeah, there are like three hundred and twenty year olds, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just like they could have been in the war. <laughs> Maybe they yeah. were more well, I don't know about twenty. I don't know. Well They're also like it's it's cheap. It's cheap fought. enough that they had to involve a world war. It's like guys. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> when they have this like super mustard gas. And like Danny Houston throws it in, throws it into the uh, the meeting room, yeah. and he like slams together these metal doors, which are not air airproof, airtight, airtight, and like he and the woman are just giggling like schoolgirls, watch, watching them watching them die. It's like you yes. realize it, gas fills a space, right? <laughs> and also, this gas apparently will like shatter glass. Yeah. But no, pressure. we're just no, we're just gonna throw it in there without it's, gas it's masks to destroy the gas masks. That yeah. everyone has. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, no, it's not. Stop. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Piece of shit movie. You're not allowed. To really, like, I've never seen it, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I, try, I, I tried to be Danny positive Houston, when though, I was talking much. about it, but uh, I agree. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, would you give that one out of five? Two. All right. Well, probably could go lower. Honestly. Okay, go ahead. You know what movie doesn't set feminism back 100 What's years? What's that? Or what? Did he say 100 years? Did he say 100 years? No, he didn't years? say 100 years. <laughs> Probably not, but like... <laughs> some, you, know, you know what movie doesn't? <laughs> very it's well. The Witch. Okay. How so? The Witch. Because the because. witches are females? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't witches traditionally female? Yeah, but they rule. <laughs> they kick ass in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the weird comment. <clears throat> All right, well, it's good. I like that a lot. I um, <laughs> we, we got you. Uh, we uh, me and my me and the wife went to see Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which is directed by Martin Mc, Martin McDonough, I think. Martin McDonough. Yep. 
who has directed some other movies that I'm not thrilled with, but uh, this this one was good. Um, this is starring Frances McDormand as the mother of a rape murder victim uh, who's trying to spur the police to continue their investigation because it's been a long time and uh, no arrests have been made. So she puts up three billboards that kind of chastise the police and say, uh, well, they, I guess it might be a little bit of a spoiler to say what the third one says. I think you see two of them in the trailer, but one, the first one says, uh, it's been seven months or something. And the second one says, uh, Oh no, it's been seven months, still no arrests. And then it's, uh, the next one is like, how come chief Willoughby? And she's speaking directly to Woody Harrelson's character who plays the chief of police. And, uh, well, I'll just say the last one says uh, raped while dying. So, uh, which is, you know, the the real, you can see why they wouldn't put that in the trailer. <laughs> Pretty extreme. But uh, it's about, uh, it's actually a lot, like, there's a lot going on in the movie. Like, not, not in a bad way. Like I say, I liked it. Uh, but, like, the chief character, what else's character has cancer and he's dying. Mm. And it plays, like, a really integral role in the whole thing. And it kind of makes it a lot more kind of like what you were saying about the superheroes like it's not black and white at all it's like a very like it's not like you can't just be like yes she's right they should be investigating this but there's like there's extenuating circumstances like the fact that the chief has cancer and you know there's uh yeah. there's mm-hmm. no evidence there's nothing to go on you know so um and the trailer to this was terrible like it, I, I didn't see any of this in the trailer it felt like a comedy. It like definitely paints it as a dark comedy in the trailer, and it mm. is. It does have funny moments, but it, I would say overall, it's very heavy. Yeah, uh, it seems like it is a lot heavier than you would expect going into it, and um, which I would have liked to seen in the trailer. Sure, to be honest, it would have. I mean, I think you should still check it out. It's <laughs> I'll good. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely. I mean, I don't think it's, it's not going to blow your mind or anything. but yeah, it's yeah, good, yeah. you know. And I, I like the direction that it goes uh, with the. <clears throat> The situation, especially as far as the 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 murder goes, and how they kind of resolve that, or the links they go to to resolve it, is really interesting and not something that was expected at all. And uh, Sam Rockwell is in this, giving a really great. He he's actually really he's a really funny performance in it, but he's also like a horrible, mm. like he's like a really horrible person. <laughs> like he's right. racist and he's like. He hates her, and he wants her to take the billboards down and all this kind of stuff. And uh, things happen where he kind of has a change of heart, and it's it's just a really everything feels very real. It's 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 just a really well made movie, well done, interesting story, uh, solid enough. So I gave it a four. I don't I don't know that it's going to make it into my top ten, but it's certainly mm. good certainly worth and i think that the praise that Frances mcdormand has been getting is well deserved she's very good in it mm. i wouldn't say she's i've seen her like i would say i would say she's probably i think the trailer kind of does her a disservice because in the trailer it looks like she's trying too hard and in the, the movie itself yeah. has a lot of moments where she's just it's real quiet and reserved and there's a more going on like you could see like her performance under the surface more and in the in the trailer, it's just like her spouting off these ridiculous like curse words and screaming at people and kicking people in the nuts and stuff. So, <laughs> which all happens, but you know it's kind of justified within the context. So, mm. anyways, four out of five. Um, I okay, so I have Amazon 
Prime. Whatever. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I got the streaming stuff on Amazon's app, whatever. Um, and I got the add-on for Fandor. Have you heard of this? Yes. It's like oh, a yes. film streaming thing mm-hmm. or whatever. I got it for uh, Soy Cuba. And uh, oh, I okay. forgot about it. I forgot to cancel it. So I've been paying for it for like two months now. <laughs> <laughs> I go on. How much is it? It's like, it's under $10. It's pretty cheap. Huh. And there's a lot of movies, like a lot of good stuff. Um, so I'm on there. I'm like, oh, shit, I still have Fandor. I'll check it out. So I go on there, and I ha- they have uh, Polytechnic, which is Dilly- mm-hmm. Denny Villeneuve's 2009. Uh, Columbine-esque. Yeah, Columbine-esque yeah. movie about a shooting at a polytechnical college in Montreal in 1989. Um, super excited to see it. Like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, holy shit, what is this? And uh, Had you not heard of it? I had never heard of this. Oh, okay. um, hmm. I, he's had a lot of movies. I yeah. was like, yeah. I thought like uh, his movie. I thought it, Enemy was like his second on, movie on or Sundees or whatever. Uh, <clears throat> in Cindy's or I don't know how you say it, but uh, it's apparently uh, I think it was nominated or might might have won the Oscar for a foreign language film. Wow. Uh, wow. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was nominated though. Um, but yeah, uh, this movie. This movie's pretty good. It's a short. It's like an hour and fifteen minutes. Um, nice. It's about uh, like I said, a school shooting, um, college uh, shooting. Uh, I didn't think it was going to get as graphic as it does, and it gets pretty graphic. Not like respectfully graphic, I'd say. Like it's not like you know slow mo. I mean, because oh, the victims. I, I mean, you know, it says at the there's mm-hmm. like a tagline at the beginning. It says like in honor of the victims of you know the shooting or whatever. It's not like you know slow mo headshots and shit. You know, there's well, a mean, lot of after the fact kind of. Violence. I assume like, the the obvious <clears throat> comparison here is elephant. Would you assume? Would you say um, it's less or more violent about graphic the same. than elephant? about the same? Okay. Um, more blood, I think. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the shooter is like a loner dude or whatever, and he decides to shoot up the school. Uh, and it's like about, about like 30 minutes or so of like just him kind of brooding and deciding what he's going to do. And he eventually like, he's like against feminism. He like hates feminists with a passion. That's his whole motive is like he kills only women in the school. Wow. And like guys are running past him and he's just like looking for women. It's really dark. It's really, really dark. Um, and he he like ra- he goes into the this uh, room, one of the uh, classrooms, his, before he starts shooting. He goes in there with a gun and he's like, all right, men and women on either side, like men on the right, women on the left. And he splits up the class and like makes the men leave. And one of the men in the um, – and the the group or whatever is kind of like a secondary character or I guess the main the main male character and he's kind of like a friend with one of the female uh, in the class and uh, he I don't want to get like into too much detail because I want you to see it but uh, he gets like he uh, he leaves the room and he feels like super guilty about it he's like I should have you know like should have stayed and like just fought him or something you know but uh, he ends up like committing suicide later on like it's it's like it's not chronological it's like shows him like oh, okay. killing himself like a little uh like in between and then it shows him like after the fact like after the uh the shooting and he like goes and visit visits his mom and stuff after the shooting but uh the main female she's in the class and she has a friend who gets killed in the classroom and she survives she's actually one of the people who survives and uh she goes on to be like a aeronautics engineer or something like that but uh, and it shows all that as well but uh I don't know, really well done. Uh, like I said, pretty violent. There's a few gunshot scenes where people why, get shot. Why? You gave this a three and a half, right? 
Yeah. Why so low? Uh, I don't know. It's it. I feel like it's almost too short, and it's like no uh, such thing as too short. <laughs> no, so that can't be it. <laughs> I felt like the not putting it chronologically was a little confusing because I'm like, like when when he does kill himself, he like has like a vacuum hose that he like puts on the on his tail tail oh, yeah, yeah. and puts it into the car and kills. Him. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then like the a few more scenes later on, like he's like alive and he's like oh, right, yeah. i was like oh i guess he survived the suicide like, i'm like oh it's like okay mm. it was kind of confusing mm. and uh parts of it like the way it's shot and stuff it's all in black and white and it just kind of felt like uh student film student filmy like it was kind of weird because of black and white kind of because of black and white and also just the way were there animated sequences animated like a film school thing <laughs> no like animate the credits or something my god no. uh <laughs> some of the I, I would say on the whole the acting is pretty subpar like oh, not very good yeah. mm. um and everyone has a canadian accent so it's in like heavy like french canadian accent are they not speaking french no oh really there are some scenes in french oh i thought i just assumed the whole thing was in french <laughs> well not what i watched but okay. uh I don't have no, I'm sure it's I not. Hope, I, I, I hope just, it wasn't. I just assumed it because of the well, especially because of the title. That would explain a lot. Actually, the title is you know, the, the yeah. French. Um, of, uh, now, some of the acting was horrific, dude. Like uh, mainly because of the accents. Like it's just like some words are just so like stilted and just not natural sounding, mm. and it just yeah. felt robotic at points. Um, so yeah, I mean it's good. It's worth watching. It's short. I've uh, I think I downloaded it about six years ago. Yeah, and it's sitting on my external hard drive. Maybe you check so it out. I, I should. I just have it. It was enjoyable. Honestly, um, the more Denny Villeneuve makes now, yeah, the less I want to watch that. You know, because right. I'm just like I didn't like Arrival. I didn't yeah. like Blade Runner. It's like it seems like everything that he makes, I'm just like it's one step closer to. I don't care about this. guy. It's really weird though. It's like if you watch this and then you watch like Enemy, it's like th- these are not the same directors. Right? Like mm-hmm. th- there's no way. Like there's there's none of that style. How, in this yeah, at all. like Sicario and Enemy are like amazing to me, especially Sicario. Like yeah, it's I don't like know light how, years beyond this. Right. I don't know how. Like again, how it just feels like that. a student film. It, mm. I don't know, but yeah. Well, all right, Kevin. Uh, let's see. I watched Time Masters by uh, Rene Lalou because I, I enjoyed Fantastic Planet, so I looked up what else he had done. And this one has some really interesting animation, has some good soundtrack work, some good synth stuff. Uh, the story itself is kind of okay. Like, um, there's this kid who's stranded on this alien planet and... These people are trying to get to him to save him, but they run they run into like they run into a lot of things, but then there are some things where like, okay, why are you just lounging around on this like kind of beach planet while this kid is out in the wilderness on some some planet? So uh gave that one a three and a half. Is it the and, same kind of animation? As it's a little. It's a little better. It's not. Better. It's not quite as like. I think like Fantastic Planet is kind of more like paintings that move. Yeah. But this one is more Stop like actual thing. actual animation. Um, cool. And so that got me to rewatch uh, Rock and Rule, which is about this 
super mega rock star who's trying to get more power and fame and to do that he needs to he's trying to summon this demon from another dimension and he needs a specific a specific kind of voice to sing a specific um some specific notes and so he finds this woman in a club and like kidnaps her and like her voice is done by um the actor the speaking voice is a different voice but the singing voice is Debbie Harry oh, cool. and uh the the bad guy Mock Swagger is voiced by some other guy but the singing voice is Lou Reed so wow. and there's a lot of uh, a lot of cheap trick in the movie uh <laughs> Earth Wind and Fire Lou Reed a little bit of uh Iggy Pop and uh, I don't think Blondie is actually in it, but Debbie Harry does a lot of singing. And so, uh, give both of those three and a half. Um, you know, cool. Solid. I, uh, was told to watch wind river by my aunt in laws. I don't know what the, my, my wife's aunts. Anyway, mm. uh, they told us it was great. And I'd been hearing a lot of good things about wind river directed by Taylor Sheridan, who wrote Sicario, uh, and Hell or High Water, and had not been terribly interested in seeing it because I just the trailer did nothing for me, and I'm not a fan of Jeremy Renner and uh, <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen. I, I was having trouble buying her as an FBI agent. <clears throat> that being said, uh, I will I'll preface the whole thing with uh, I wrote a review of this film. It's on our blog at filmyakpodcast.com so if you want to hear more about my thoughts on this film you can read it there but I will just say that um, it it, w- it was very surprisingly good uh, for the first I'd say hour and 15 I was not not super hot on it I was riding at around 2.75 mm. and then there is a an amazingly well done gun battle in this thing uh, near the end <laughs> And it is just, it just brought it all the way back. <laughs> it was so good. It, I I said it in the, in my review. It's one of the best in recent cinematic history. I mean, it's fantastically wow. mm. good. And, um, there's like, it's, it's just, it's just good. I, I don't want to say too much cause I don't want to ruin it, but mm. the movie also, uh, benefits from the fact that it doesn't really go anywhere that, um, you would expect it to. Uh, it doesn't have like a kind of happy resolution necessarily. And, uh, John Bernthal has a cameo, so Uh that's fun. And, uh, he's very aggressive and angry in his cameo. I think Rustin's really going to cream his pants over it (laughs) when he sees it. I told him to watch it too. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty great. He apparently lost four toenails while he was filming. Because he's actually uh, borderline naked while he's filming, and he has a big fight scene with like six guys, and uh, he apparently <laughs> he lost four of his toenails, <laughs> like they got ripped off while they were fighting. Oh, is that fucked up or what? Wow. But anyway, um, and I guess I'll just say real quick that uh, Rustin came over to my house, and uh, as he does, instructed me to watch uh, videos online, and we watched part of an episode of The Punisher with oh, John yeah, Bernthal. Yeah. He made me watch the thing. <laughs> and uh, did you watch the whole episode? No, I didn't watch just the Just that's just yeah. this, the sledgehammer mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. 
There's a scene in the first episode where he kills several men with a sledgehammer. Mm. And it's I don't very think they brutal. deserved it that I, bad. I, I, I agree. <laughs> it's fucked <laughs> up. But he's the Punisher. Right. He has to punish. And I was under the impression that this was like a prequel series and that he was becoming the Punisher. And I was like, this is pretty extreme to be doing right off the bat as the Punisher. But he was like, no, no, no. This is like after Daredevil and everything. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't realize he was like retired or semi-retired or something. So it makes a little bit more sense. But yeah, he really crushes some skulls literally with the sledgehammer and breaks people's bones and throws mm. them into a concrete vat and uh <laughs> it's pretty it's nasty pretty fucked but wow. uh i you know i thought it, i thought it was fun enough i might check out the show who knows but you watched the first episode of godless huh i watched half of the first you episode of godless I, I have it. had no time to watch anything i had to like i had to plow through inland empire yesterday and Literally, like, I had to watch the last hour of it while my wife sat on the couch next to me because, like, I just didn't have any time. I was like, I don't know what else well, I'm going to watch. She was it. just angry. No, she was fine. She was like, you can go ahead and watch it. You know, I'll play my game. And I was like, okay. So that's why I was wearing the headphones when I watched it. But, um, mm. uh, yeah, I watched the first half of God. want to want to continue. I just don't have any time because I'm just yeah. constantly, you know, it's at okay. work. And then I come home and I got to do other stuff. But, mm. um, yeah, I, I liked what I saw a lot, a lot. So. You saw the whole thing. Uh-huh. How was it? It was pretty good. Um, still don't know what the hell's going on, really. Oh, okay. um, oh. I would say that to characters you. that are doing things. Right. The first 25 <laughs> minutes is just kind of like, I was just like, I mean, I can. there are characters here, but I, I don't know what the story is. I see where it's going for like an episode or two. Like the gang of bad guys are uh, probably eventually going to come to this town full of women and try to rape a bunch of people and kill people. But I, I don't think that's going to be the whole series. <laughs> I don't know. Could be. I could, could be. Who knows? Be a dark series. Um, yeah. I did like that though. Uh, there's a, there's the town in the, in the show, um, where all the men died in a, uh, in a mine accident. Like anyone who was able had to work in the mine just to make money, and they all died because it collapsed or something like that. So it's just a, a it's a town full of women widows. That's a pretty good idea. It's a great um, idea. It's like widows and then the sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> the sheriff's a man? Sheriff and the deputy, yeah. Um, and he's like a coward, Who plays? Oh, oh, it's Scoot McNary <laughs> the sheriff. Cooper. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's right. Yes. That's right. I really like him a lot. He's though. great, yeah. He's also in that show... Uh, halt and Catch uh, Fire. Halt and Catch Fire, yeah. yeah. I watched two seasons of that. It's it's pretty decent, but he rules. He's wow. he's pretty he's pretty great. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've been meaning to watch that show as well there's just so much there's so much yeah, fucking too, content too much. in yeah, 2017 i can't yeah keep up we're spoiled i mean yeah, i'm not i'm not complaining i just i wish i had like i wish i, I wish it was my job to watch netflix because i'd be <laughs> yeah because then i'd have uh nothing left <laughs> anyway uh i well okay jonathan all right um last godless. one yeah, the last one I watched besides Inland Empire was uh, rewatch Grizzly Man. Uh, trying to watch more or rewatch all the Herzog stuff, and I haven't seen this in years. Uh, great, gave it a five. Um, documentaries for me are usually a three and a half or a five if they're amazing. Uh, this is definitely amazing. Uh, I will say this, just like a side note, Herzog is just he's. He's never like exploitative. He's never like he's very he has like a code of ethics about filmmaking and he sticks to it. He doesn't show 
any like pictures of like the, their corpses or anything. You know, he he doesn't like try to get at that, and he doesn't. He like he's he listens to like the audio of like Treadwell dying, and he's like, I would he, say that's the closest it gets to exploitation is when he when yeah. the camera is on him reacting to the sound. But of it's the so great. He, he he takes him off and he he goes like, you should never listen to this. You should. I want you to destroy it. Yeah, I want you to destroy this. It will be the the elephant that follows yeah. you around. And I was like, <laughs> he he's just like he fucking rules. <laughs> he just rules. He, he he's just. I feel like anybody else would have just been like, "All right, we're gonna just, okay, we're gonna have like the we'll show a video, we'll show like a, a, a like a clip of his fingers, yeah, his hand or something, like yeah. the hand with the watch on it, and yeah, we'll just exactly. show you know because there, there apparently there's pictures of all that shit, I'm sure, and uh, there's autopsy pictures and everything. <laughs> they didn't even show up. Did they show a picture of the bear dead? I don't think they, they did. Oh, they do show that. And uh, oh man, that was really really fucked up. They uh, they uh, the guy I think it was the airplane the pilot mm-hmm. he he rules too. Um, <laughs> He, uh, Treadwell is gone. Yeah, he's, he talks. Have you seen this? No. Oh, oh man, you, you gotta, gotta see this thing. thing. Uh, <laughs> um, it's about it. It's Put it about on the uh, list. okay. <laughs> it's about uh, I can't remember his first name now. Timothy. Was, Timothy Treadwell. Yeah, uh. he was like a uh, an environmental like freak guy, I guess. And he just like he <laughs> tree just, hugger. Yeah. Oh, okay. He just I mean basically, and he just decides to go out to the wilderness and protect the bears in Alaska, who. Turns out throughout the movie, like they don't really need protecting. There's really no poaching at all, like oh, at all, right? Like and and I I don't remember this from my previous watch, but on rewatch, Herzog's very like critical. He's very very critical of Treadwell, yeah. but he, he he respects him, and he respects all everyone involved. But he's very like it's pointless. Like mm-hmm. you, he died for no, and it's it's a tragedy because he he brought a uh, his girlfriend with him, and she died too. And it's just Jeez. like, yeah, and it's just kind of like, that's that's the part where you're like, oh, you know, well, he died, and he's doing what he loves. And it was like, no, but he died and kind of brought her with him. caused her death, too. Yeah. It's like, it's really mm, a gray yeah, area. Yeah, like, it's brutal. it's really kind of fucked up. It's a very wow. sad. It's extra. Yeah. I, I shed a few tears, especially at the end. You uh, pussy. <laughs> no, it's, dude, it's really, really fucking good. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And uh, sure especially. Yeah. I, I don't remember if I cried or not. When but. the, uh. I, uh, you, you just sang it, but whenever the uh, airplane pilot is like singing this like, like folk, a, folk song or yeah. something like that, mm. and he replaces one of the lyrics with Treadwell, he's like, uh, and you know, he and, says, and the the yeah. the the, and, the, <laughs> the the deer are all gone, yeah. or something like that, and the, and the trees are all gone, and Treadwell is. It's gone. really it's really good. Um, Ouch! But like I was gonna say, uh, they show the bear carcass, and that's probably the most graphic it gets. And uh, the airplane pilot goes, he says. Um, yeah, whenever we cut it open, it was just full of people. Oh. Just, just we, we brought out four trash bags of, of people. That's and I was just awesome. like, God, you don't need to show anything. Yeah, yeah. That alone. That, ooh, that ooh. phrasing does it all. It's, it's brutal, man. It's fucked. Yeah. It, this is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen, though, so please check it out. Cool. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Not on Blu-ray. Really? No. Wow. Like, just, I mean, what like, what fuck, is Criterion dude? doing? I don't know. Like, yeah, they're putting out Dead Man Yippee, but like Dead Man's on Blu-ray already. Like, Herzog documentary that's... collection. Seriously, how awesome would that be? <laughs> I mean, even Herzog could release it. Like, I mean, I don't understand what the what. I guess there's just like legal issues. I, mean, I, I think Discovery like half funded it or something. Yeah, I watched uh, this for the first time on Discovery. That, that this actually this is actually the first Herzog thing I ever saw. I didn't too. even know who me he too. was yeah. at the time. I think you told me you were like, oh, this is like. It's uh, Werner Herzog. And I was like, who the fuck is that? I was like, is that I'm the sure German? I, I'm sure I said Werner Herzog. Werner, okay. I was, like, I was like, is that the German guy like speaking over this? Because yeah. it's really weird. But uh, yeah, he rules. 
Let's see. Uh, last couple of things. Um, watched Army of Shadows by Jean-Pierre Melville, which was really good. Um, I actually... I probably need to go back and watch this again because I would probably rate it higher because, like, I will admit I ended up spending a little bit too much time on my phone while I was watching this, so oh I'm sure... God. <laughs> Don't admit... Th- I'll, I'll edit that out. Okay, okay. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> I like, did that but, once in Inland Empire. I was like... <laughs> oh, shit. I, gotta, I had to rewind it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Yeah. Yeah, gave that one uh, three point seven five, um, and rewatched Dune like we talked about a little earlier. Mm. Um, like, I think my biggest problem with the, with Lynch's Dune, like, I think Sting. No, actually, um, Sting's not that bad. Sting's not that bad. Like, I think like it's the problem. Dude, it's not the. But it's there's far worse shit in this movie. I honestly Sting. don't remember. I remember liking it, and I don't really remember what the problem was. I'm sure there was something that I was like, "This is not good," but I don't remember what that was. It's cliche at this point, but the air, the voice guns are the cheesiest shit that's ever happened. It's, well, there's it's that, so and cheesy. like, and also the Maybe fact that, that like it. literally everything that happens, like um, somebody is going to do a voiceover that explains what what is yeah, happening. That's the narration. That's the problem of the yeah. It's like I am one of those people book. though. I like Kyle MacLachlan's narration. I, I, I like Tom McLaughlin, like but like yeah. everybody else, like and when they're just throwing in like random things, like when uh, like uh, Max von Sydow, like, and he will know your ways as though born to them. It's like, okay, okay. you're quoting a <laughs> random prophecy that no one really has a grasp on. It's like one thing if they like told the whole like prophecy that yeah. the Fremen have. Um, but like when you're just randomly quoting something that no one has a reference point to, <laughs> um, yeah, and like uh, again, like I, I think it might—it's probably a Lynch thing, but the Baron is unnecessarily grotesque. Oh no, I love that! I love the, the Baron heart, in the this. heart plug, and when he jizzes all over that Amazing. dead kid. Yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree. Also, I think that shit's awesome. Hark, like he's at the boils. Yeah, and the shit. boils are disgusting. Uh, that's <laughs> I love it, dude. Un- in the words, he's like fat and that's oily. That's my second favorite part of the movie. First being uh, the navigator with the my god, a coworker of mine. <laughs> oh, the the thing that's like taking too much spice and yeah. become like, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Is mutated. Okay, like, yeah. A coworker, a cool. coworker of mine described the, uh, the navigator's mouth as like a diseased vagina. It, yeah. it does. And it kind it of is. Like that, yeah. Oh, also funny. Was that Jordan that said that? No. Uh, uh, it was this guy I worked with like years and years ago, but also like another one of my old coworkers, he once wanted to bet me $50 that sting was, had red hair like the rest of the Harkonnens in Oops. the movie. Wow. Yeah. Did you bet him? Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, you're on. He's fucking blonde. Did it's he, fucking Sting. Did he give you um, the money? <laughs> no, because like... <laughs> see, one of... He see, Welshed? Yeah. Well, thing, thing, a thing about this guy is like, he's like George Costanza. Yeah. Only without the humor and without the pathos. Sounds like a nightmare. He was. Yeah. So it's 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 no it's no surprise that like I'm I'm sure Jeez. he never even tried to watch it. 
I'm sure. And, you know, like, even if he did and, like, somehow admitted that he was wrong, there's no way he was actually going to give me money for that. Boy, but but in this... bitch. Yeah, but, like, in this moment of hubris, he was like, fuck yeah, you're on, man. It's like... You should get in touch with him and send him a picture. It wouldn't be worth it. <laughs> it would not be worth it. 50 bone. Not worth it. Uh, well. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, and let's see. Uh, last, rewatch Down by Law. Fucking amazing. Like, so you've got John Lurie and Tom Waits as, you know, in real life, two awesome jazz musicians. And then they're coming into this movie playing Jack and Zach, respectively. And they're kind of the same, but, like, they're so much the same that they can't stand each other. And then in the middle of this, you've got Roberto Benigni. It's, it's, it, like, and watching it on Blu-ray, it looks fucking amazing. Like, the, that opening where they're, like, going through all of the, like, New Orleans and Louisiana landscapes, and they're playing Jockey Full of Bourbon over it. It looks, it's, it's so fucking good. Yeah, I really got to rewatch, because I'll, I'll mm. be honest, the first time I watched it, I wasn't thrilled with it. And, uh... So I, I really, I really want to check check it out again. Mm. I love John Lurie. Yeah, and like him doing like, Waits has the songs at the beginning and the end, and John Lurie does the incidental music. It's great, awesome, sweet. Uh, so that's it, right? That's it. Okay, yeah, that's uh, it. I will. Uh, we're gonna move on then to our deep dive discussion of Inland Empire, directed by David Lynch from two thousand and six. A three-hour experimental narrative. Uh, is that fair to say that like it's experimental? Twenty seconds shy of three hours. Yeah. Um, Ridiculous. No. I, well, my mine was exactly three. It was three hours and like sixteen seconds. Really? Yeah. With oh. the credits and everything. And I watched mm. all the credits. I hope you oh, did yeah. too. Oh yeah, the credits. Um, no, Kevin didn't. What a what a loser! I, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You don't get much. You do get the. Uh, I mean, it's just kind of cool. You get. I don't know her All name, but she's from Mulholland Drive. The strobe. Oh, Laura Herring. Yeah, she's, oh, right, right. she's sitting in the chair. Okay. Yeah. And wait, it dawned on me, like, this is, it's a trilogy. Lost mm-hmm. Highway, Mulholland Drive, Inland Empire. They're all Los Angeles, Hollywood. Yeah, I could see that. Mm. It's this Hollywood movie, trilogy. It, well, especially this one in Mulholland Drive, I think, share a lot, uh, a yeah. lot of similarities. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I guess I'll just say, what what did you guys think of, uh, this is your first time, Kevin, seeing My it? first time seeing Inland Empire. And, and Jonathan and I have not seen it in 10 years. 10 so. years, yep. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think? Uh, first time I saw it, it blew me away. Loved it. Uh, you know, it was early in my movie going so it was mm. kind of a shock to see i think this. i feel like we had just started to accept lynch as yeah because i had seen as blue opposed velvet, to just like a jerk off probably, yeah you know? <laughs> i had seen blue velvet a couple times by that point and i was like the first time i saw blue velvet i was like okay don't get it right whatever second time I was like okay cool third time I was like okay this is finally good and then yeah i watched my drive and i was like okay this fucking rules and then we watched a bunch of other his other stuff and then we Got around the Inland Empire. Yeah. Uh, we bought, If I don't know if you remember this, we, Jonathan and I were living together at the time. We co-signed on a credit card for Best Buy and bought ourselves a computer. And then we we literally used that credit card to buy Inland Empire from Best Buy. Do you remember we? that? No, yeah. I don't. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, it was like $35 or something. Yeah, it was yeah. really expensive. It was two-disc special edition. Oh, okay. DVD. Uh, DVD. <laughs> it's... I don't. I, I honestly, 
I don't even know what to think about it, really. Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this prompt, I'm, I'm sure I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it all day. I'm like, I, I don't know. Uh, well, I'm sure this will come to like absolutely no surprise to either of you, but I really did not enjoy it. Yeah. Like I, like I, I can, un, you know, intellectually I can understand like, okay, this is David Lynch. I'm not going into this expecting sense. I'm not going into it expecting coherence of any kind, <laughs> but, but this one in like three hours of, it's like one step over the line. Yeah, and I, I feel like, you know, it's just, a, I, you know, I was reading about the production of it, and, like, even, like, Lynch didn't even know what was what was going to happen. He was just writing scenes randomly and then sh- and then shooting them, which, you know, makes sense. It's David Lynch. Um, but, yeah, like, first of all, I think it looks like shit. Oh, I mean, it's, I mean, it's kind of supposed to, it's shot on digital yeah. video. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably his worst. Yeah. And yeah, worst like, <laughs> I, I appreciated the fact that they played, uh, three to get ready by the Dave Brubeck quartet <laughs> in like, they also played the Beck. middle. You would appreciate that. That's all that. They played that like Beck favorite, song. Yeah. Black yeah. Tambor. That, that, that threw me off. I was like, I don't want to hear this. Yeah. And like the, uh, um, depressing me. Well, that and like <laughs> the 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 scene that really just like turned me against the movie was when like Laura Dern's like sitting on the couch and she's listening to these girls talk, and then all of a sudden they're doing that dance number to the yeah. locomotion. I'm like, no, you have gone into kitsch now. Yeah, this is I'm fucking American Horror Story season two. I'm out. I'm with you on that. Like you have lost me completely. I thought that was really ridiculous. And uh, unnecessary. Yeah, and. Yeah. I am one hundred percent the opposite. I think that that scene is uh, amazing, and I didn't like that at all. I think that scene is incredible, especially the. I got like severe chills when it said "jump up" and it cut, and they vanished. Yeah. I, that was yeah. insane to me. I was like, "That rules!" I, 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 I loved it. <laughs> you liked it? Paul I lo- the film. The film itself. I, uh, I have. I have uh it's not a an easy movie to say, oh, you know, it's great and I exactly, love it and yeah. I gave it a five mm. out of five. It's just like it's very I it's easily Lynch's most challenging work. Uh is this, I I'll take it a step further. I'll say this is one of the most challenging movies I've ever watched. Like sure. easily. Like it's not visually, just like I would say even visually. I mean, and even I visually, agree. It's, yeah, it's but, ugly. It's, but it's, not, yeah. it's not a pretty movie yeah, at all. But it's like I, just just trying to follow what's happening is is difficult. Mm. It's, it's well, just, I will say that that too. During the film, I'm not. I wasn't trying at all to piece together what was happening. I was just like taking every scene as like its own thing. So because yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I'm sure there is some through line that you can follow, and it'll make sense. Like if you see it, you know, ten times, like Mulholland Drive. Eventually, you understand what's happening. Mm. Uh, or you you make some sense of it, but this one, uh, you know, it doesn't lend itself to be rewatched that much because of its length and how abrasive it is. But uh, I did. I mean, I as much as I can say, it's, it reminds me of Schufreiter, our uh, our philosophy teacher in college. Mm. I asked him about the Turin horse, which is about uh, some of Nietzsche's philosophy, and 
I said, did you like it? And he's like, oh, it's really a movie that you like or not. It's yeah, exactly. Just, I, I, you know, it's some, I, I, something you I thought it was interesting. And <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I can, yeah. I can see that. So, yeah. yeah, it's like, I don't know if I'd say I like Inland Empire, but I, I love certain things about it. And I love how challenging it is. Yeah. And uh, I certainly respect Lynch for putting it out. <laughs> and I, re- I really respect Laura Dern for being involved was, because yes. her performance is incredible. And she's uh, really putting herself on the line, I think, being in something like this. So yeah, even, even more so than, you know, her, her other work with him. So you guys would probably know more about this than I would. But um, I heard once that like after Laura Dern had done Blue Velvet, she was kind of. Hollywood blacklisted so it was like apparently <laughs> some kind of like big deal that she was in Jurassic Park I uh that sounds mildly familiar I don't remember exactly but hmm, okay. uh, yeah, I could see that I mean I don't know why she would have been blacklisted after Blue Velvet well like not like you know hard like, like that she blacklisted, didn't do a good but, job in the movie or well like like she had like difficulty getting work she was in a Palm door winning uh, Wild at Heart after that, so. But that was still David Lynch. I know. I'm so. just saying. You know, still, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, very I mean, successfully or critically successful films. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't. I, I think in this film, she's. I mean, I'm a huge Laura Dern fan, but I this film, she's really, really good. And uh, I thought all the acting was pretty solid. Uh, even like the, you know, the Polish actors and the non actors and the this like the the scene and um when she's stabbed and she's i mean it's hard to talk about like within <laughs> like there i don't know what's considered a spoiler for this movie because yeah i mean 10 years old yeah well matter. not only that but it's just like i mean she gets stabbed but i don't even know if it's real you know it's like does she get stabbed you're I mean, talking I, about julia ormond when she's like when she stabs her and then she's fall and she bleeds to death on yeah. the sidewalk and she's talking to terry cruz and the uh Asian woman yeah. and uh, <laughs> and right. I, I thought the black homeless lady was really great. Yeah, I just like her delivery was really genuine. And uh, I saw a light in you. <laughs> yeah, 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 you you dying, lady. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, uh, I think that's the point, though. I think there's a lot of like blurring of the lines between reality, obviously, sure, and reality. Yeah, and yeah. dream film. logic yeah. plays a lot of um, a big role in it. Yeah. Another another just terrifying moment uh, when uh, I love how it sinks back to this earlier scene when when she when they're table reading and somebody's over on the other yeah. side of the set it's and it ends up being her later like that's yeah, incredible yeah. and that brings me to I guess a question that I wanted to ask which was um, I mean speaking of the witch earlier and and you, you saying that it's not really a horror film because it didn't scare you or that you wouldn't consider it you know horrifying. Uh, like is 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 this movie a horror film? I guess is the question. Yeah, I would say yeah, like existential horror or something. Like it, there's not you know there's no monsters. I mean, or anything, I would say even like, like on a on a visceral like slasher level, it has scenes that are scary. Like yeah. this, like there's a scene when she's walking through. Uh, actually, I don't think it's her. It's uh, it's the other char- the character with the with the screwdriver. Is that Julia Ormond? <laughs> yeah, Julia Ormond. She's she's walking through like a really dark corridor, and there's like scenes where like the rooms are so fucking dark, and it's just like you feel yeah. like something's about to happen, and it's terrifying. And like uh, there are crazy cuts with like screaming happening and stuff, and it's just like uh, very it's still it still scared the shit out of me. But my favorite scene <laughs> in the entire movie is whenever she's she's got the gun and she's shooting the guy with oh, light yeah. or whatever. And he becomes her. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
like the face. <laughs> but then it like it cuts again, and like the face is like it's like superimposed with another face, and there's like shit coming out of its mouth. Yeah, as like blood or something or some kind of liquid. It's really disturbing, and it's, that is fucked. Mm. It's like one hundred percent Lynch. It's pure unfiltered Lynch. It really is. Yeah, um, it's like I mean, I would say that that's that's kind of like what this movie is. It's like pure. It's you know, it doesn't have any kind of the, like Hollywood trappings or anything. Mm. I mean, it looks like. I could see that it costs money to make because they had to, you know, they have actors and they have wardrobes sort of and places and things like that. But, and, but I mean, and it's, there's, he's a, got 100% control. Yeah. There's yeah. one scene though. Uh, there's one scene, uh, I'm assuming it's in, I think it's in Poland. Yeah. The actors are speaking Polish where the prostitutes are on the sidewalk and it's like the 1920s Oh and yeah, and that yeah. car drives by and it's like, that's, that's crazy. I was just, and I was just waiting for it to do some like, kind of time jump or something really cool but um yeah yeah i mean i I, also i love the ending i love uh how it's positive i guess sure um it reminds me a lot of of uh blue velvet in that way yeah it has a really kind of almost sappy happy ending you know reunited with her family or whatever right um and i like how the prostitute girl is like throughout the movie she's like watching events unfold and then laura dern just like appears (laughs) <laughs> and the room with her or whatever and I was I don't know it's really great and the, and the rabbit stuff too. yeah I was gonna say how do we feel about the rabbits I like that as well I really that's actually probably like my favorite uh, theme throughout the movie and I think that's a separate short film yeah it's, a, it's, on, the, it's on the DVD and the Blu-ray yeah, included Kevin what do you feel about the rabbits uh, one of them's played by Naomi Watts yeah yeah um, <laughs> I just kind of took took it as it came uh, didn't really didn't really affect me one way or another because I don't I don't know it's like I, I think the thing with the thing with Lynch is like you know you think it's weird on purpose well because that's yeah, like the well, common thing it's like oh he's just being well weird that's on well that's the thing like if everything is weird then nothing is weird yeah so it's like yeah you can yeah you're just being weird being weird being weird there's no like you contrast. know yeah there's no contrast there's no resting time where you I can think, just kind of sit back and, I don't know if that's and then fair. so it doesn't yeah. aff- well personally no i i, think I, I understand why... that you think it's weird i'm saying i don't know if it's fair to say that the movie or that his work or this movie or whatever is uh that if there's no part that isn't weird it's no it's not you know successful or if like like you said like how would you just said like if it, if everything is weird nothing is weird it's like his movies are weird quote unquote because he's like everything's metaphor and everything is like allegory, so nothing is nothing is actually happening. Like the things that are happening represent other things, right? So, like this entire film, I think you'd be hard pressed to like pick a scene where it's like, okay, this is happening in reality. Like nothing's happening in reality. It's 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 its own thing, you know. It's everything's happening within the minds of the characters, or mm. in the dreams of the characters, or or what have you. Or I mean, even beyond that, it's just that it represents something else entirely. But I mean, I you know, not that's not to argue, like to tell you, you know, you should have liked this because of that. But I'm <laughs> just saying, uh, you know, yeah. I, I I feel like something like Mulholland Drive does a better job of of basically doing uh, not not the same thing, but something similar. It's just I don't know. Holland Drive is better, and it's it's ridiculous to compare, but it's like well, they are it just similar does a better in a lot job. of ways. I'd, yeah, like for me, it felt like Inland Empire was like, oh, you know, Lynch was like, okay, I didn't get to finish that, so let me go and do this because I'm not really done with 
yeah. that kind of like Hollywood kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I really, I, like I said, I like the musical sequences. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I get why you wouldn't like them on like a aesthetic level or something, but I mean, I just found them, uh, I, I, I don't know. I kind of always like that. I kind of always like when there's like a weird people bust out into song spontaneously in a movie where that's not supposed to happen, you know, like in a mm. movie like a Disney film or something, when it happens, it's just kind of ordinary. But when it happens in a film like this, it's, and there's like choreographed dancing and stuff. I mean, I respect what he's it's done. Very interesting. I, I agree with Kevin on that. I, I did, it was jarring and weird and didn't, didn't really care for it. What do you guys? Well, uh, I think it was like, be, like beyond that, like it just gets into like silly. Yeah, it was silly. I'll yeah, like that. you know, yeah. you know, not trying to like you know totally blow smoke up his ass by saying you know, well, he's a very artsy individual making a very artsy movie, but like you know, but he's done that better in other areas. Yeah, like like, like I said last time, the Club Silencio sequence. Um, You've got it's a raging, raging hard on for the club silencio. If you don't, because it, it's fucking amazing. Like, in my opinion, like that's the best like seven minutes or whatever it is that Lynch has ever done. Like, it's fucking amazing. Sure, I mean, I like it. I like and like Mall that's and Drive, that's man. the thing. I, I think it kind of encapsulates his career because like, you know, it's te- you know he's telling you up front, none of this is real, and then gives you just enough to think maybe it is, but then you're thrown back into no it's not yeah and i yeah i feel like yeah and like you said i feel like he does this throughout this entire movie again but it's three hours long yeah and it looks like shit (laughs) but i I still like it a lot i'm not i I don't want to act like i I think the silliness of the i personally like i find the beck song to be sillier like, I then the totally locomotion uh that sequence threw me i was like i agree like when the beck song came on i was like uh, when it first came on, it was just instru- instrumental. Like the beginning, I was like, "This just sounds like something he would play in one of his movies." But then when Beck like started singing, I was like, "This is just bizarre." And but, how they play the yeah. entire song. Then I was thinking, I was like, "Well, is this like in the movie itself?" Like, I don't think so. Is it's it like, like montaging? Like, I know what's happening. <laughs> city streets and <laughs> because stuff. like after that, I mean, she gets stabbed, she dies, and it's like you know, it pans out, and the cameras are all rolling into like cut. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that was the movie. Was the, I guess oh, meaning the song like the was song in, was the, in movie. the movie? Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you know, let's use a because that's what movies do. Let's use a popular song in this. That's you know. could be. That's a good. You know what that's I mean? a good point. Yeah. I was just trying to justify a Beck song that's in this not, movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, even maybe even harder to justify David Lynch's own songs in the movie where he sings songs. That shit ruled. <laughs> Did it? I was into that. His voice is hilariously bad. I see. I don't. <laughs> Strange. Yeah. I actually like that. I did like that. <laughs> no, I, I like the song. I don't like. I. I. It took me right out of it. You don't like the doom? No, I doom, like. Doom. I like okay. the song. I don't mm. like the fact that he used his own song. Oh, I see. Okay. It'd be like if I directed a movie and then I took one of my songs off my MySpace page from ten years ago and you know put it in the movie. Yeah, it's I see. Like, oh, okay. It would be silly, right? Or if like. Uh, I mean, he does most of the music though. Like if Keanu Reeves. Uh, did a did a movie directed his first film and he dog star did the soundtrack is it okay but is it just vocals yes it's his vocals it's just the vocals yes okay you have no problem with no i like polish the music. night music okay. i love polish night music <laughs> i almost bought the vinyl i came this close in in uh, nashville i have i know fuck you <laughs> it was i was already buying like 300 dollars worth of vinyl i was like ah, i should probably put one of these back i don't really need this but uh no but it's like 
I don't mind the music. I mind hearing his voice yeah. on a song. It is it's weird. Like, it's, it's just like he's the director. He off. should be like, I don't know. I just I don't want to hear Humanizes him on the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. <laughs> and like he's in the. Um, he apparently did the voice of the the gaffer when Jeremy Irons is telling him to lower the thing or whatever, and he's like, no, 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 lower, like bring it up six inches or whatever. Oh, and he's right, the guy. Right, right. Yeah, apparently, and it sounded kind of like him. I thought so, but I don't mind stuff like that. Like the, having him in the movie is not a problem, but like. Having him record a song and put it's like Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. It's like it sounds like shit. Torino. Like I don't hear that. <laughs> and that song's terrible, but that's that's a little different. But and it's in the credits. But still, it's just I don't know. It's just bizarre to me. It's like it feels self indulgent. You know, it's mm. like I got to put my song in here. Well, the, I mean, if, if this movie is self indulgent, I mean, I mean, I don't. If, if any don't, movie is self indulgent, I mean, like, it is. This though, is dude, like, it's not even saying that in a derogatory way, but it is. Mm. It just is. Yeah, I mean, I mean in what way? It's just because he's made a movie that is his vision. Yeah, but it's like I, I don't know. It's just, no director's ever done that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just I like this movie. Don't get me wrong, but it's like <laughs> I think I think the self indulgence maybe you could argue it from a perspective of like how long it is. Like yeah, it's very long. It's mm. three hours long. But I mean, I I don't know. I you know I wouldn't I wouldn't even say it. like I just, the words like pretentious and self indulgent and yeah. you know weird to I don't be like weird and stuff like that. I don't like but, any uh, of that yeah. crap because it's just it's so like it just feels very difficult to prove. You know yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean I you know it's whatever. I yeah it's like to me the self indulgent parts are when he puts his own music in and when he like clearly like. The uh, axon in sign thing that he did, where he clearly drew that because yeah. it's like his <laughs> yeah. exact lettering like his for art, his art, art and but I, I don't even mind that so much because then it's like the two forms of his visual art commingling, you know. But um, I don't know, yeah, because didn't he like like his paintings are somewhere in the movie too? Oh, are they? I didn't know this. That I think I read that on the Wikipedia article. I read all the IMDb trivia, so I didn't get around to the Wikipedia. I was there's reading about missing persons all day. Uh, <laughs> there's one scene with uh, the rabbits. Um, mm. It's it's like turned red, and they're all like hysterical and stuff. And there's like this little black dot at the top, right? And it's like on fire, and it's obviously yeah, yeah. drawn. That shit ruled. That was amazing. I like that too. Um, I don't know. I feel I feel like Mulholland Drive does everything that this movie does better. Laura Dern is amazing, but. Also, like with the new release of Twin Peaks, like I feel like there's some ideas from this that he's just like that. That's like gone even further, like than than uh, Inland Empire. Sure, mm. like it's even weirder. <laughs> but it's like uh, so. It's just I feel like this movie is a little like it's not as good as I remember it, but it's still worthy of his you know filmography. And speaking of, I guess we should talk a little <laughs> bit about. I mean, yeah, it's ugly, but we should talk about the video aesthetic. I mean, uh, I think it's uh, it's gross because it looks like you know home movie footage essentially from two thousand and five or six or whatever. But it's like uh, I don't know. I think it. Do you guys think that it serves any kind of a purpose? Like, would it have been a different? Obviously, it would have been a different experience. Would it have been better for it to have been shot on film? Or would it be better if he shot it like if he shot it now and he shot it on like high res ten eighty? I, I don't think four K. Anything I saw was like needed the DV. Like he wasn't in like tight areas or anything. You know, uh, what I, mean? like, I don't know. I mean, was like, he? every time he shoots somebody's face, he's like an inch away from their. Yeah, face. but you can do that mm-hmm. with a 
<laughs> camera. You can do that with any camera. That's true. I, you know, he. I mean, he he had said the reason he shot TV is because it's so easy and portable, and yeah. like he didn't have to do anything. Like you don't have to have a cameraman. He could be his own cameraman, and, and that's right. great. So, but I mean, it's like he could do that now too. Yeah, with better cameras. But obviously, I mean, he's working in a very specific I time think period. That, I yeah. think the reason he stopped films, I think it's length. I think he's done with the constraints of film. I mean, it's like, oh, it's, oh we're complaining. Oh, it's a three-hour movie. Like, he just fucking made 16 hours of content in Twin Peaks. 17. 17. Mm-hmm. I think he's done with so I think like, he's done with movies because he can't get funding. And, I mean, it's the same thing. He walked away from Twin Peaks yeah. with Showtime because Showtime wouldn't approve the budget. And then they came, they caved and approved the budget. <laughs> so he <laughs> came back. And I think that's the whole thing. I think the whole thing is money-related. It's not his money, so? but it's like he, he knows how much money he needs to put together the th- his vision. Yeah. And if they're not going to do it, then what's the point? You know? Yeah. He's not going to compromise. Yeah. Which is uh, – and it's just depressing because it's like he's the kind of director who needs a patron. He needs somebody who can just – like, like uh, Hell yeah. you know, Paul Thomas Anderson has – Go fund me. Megan Ellison uh, just writing a million-dollar checks. Uh, you know, you should have somebody like that who can – funded movies i mean you watch something like in the empire and you, you just think like no one is doing anything even remotely close to this like it's mm. that alone warrants it existing sure. I mean, it's like what is even i mean in it's the not, same league i'd say like when you watch it if you're looking at it purely from like a visual standpoint it looks like you know i could shoot this you know like or some film student shot this it looks terrible mm. but the the content of it is like we said pure lynch so it's like it's it's uh valuable you know i mean i'll and say for someone like him like yeah. having it having it look ugly in the first place might have been part of the point yeah so, possibly sure. yeah even though it is shot on handy camera or whatever it still looks cinematic like it's still i'd say it's shots, it's stuff, shot I mean, cinematic yeah. i mean his direction is it, on par ne- it never perfect, like you know it never looks cheap it just I mean, it looks cheap. But it never like it never really feels. Well, yeah. It never feels cheap. It <laughs> right. never like right. Like it, it, well, it has built-in production value just because you have actual yeah, actors. Exactly. Like you're mm. shooting Jeremy Irons. You can shoot Jeremy Irons with your razor, and it's still <laughs> you know it's going to look like oh, it's the movie because it's he Jeremy Irons. Yeah, yeah. Have shot on razors <laughs> <laughs> would have been interesting. <laughs> but uh, okay, well, uh, I don't know. I just had a couple of more things like. Um, we mentioned Terry Crews is in it, which was mm. weird. Yeah. Uh, the lumberjack in the credits. Yeah. It's <laughs> like hell? cutting a log. <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed that. Uh, Pinderecki in the score. Mm. It's like, like in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh, really cool. I think Lynch has a silly side to him. I mean, obviously. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Sure. It just, uh, and it really shows in Twin Peaks. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Especially the new season. Mm. It has got a lot of silliness. A lot of silliness. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, Speaking of Twin Peaks, yeah. I wanted to ask both of you guys. Like, I have a feeling that like a lot of people like our age like didn't watch Twin Peaks as it was airing. Yeah, but it seems like Twin Peaks five. Yeah, so like it yeah. seems it seems like Twin Peaks now like people are kind of like looking back on it as maybe like some kind of. I don't know, hipster, post-ironic kind of thing, mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, like if you actually look at it, it's pretty much a just weird soap opera. I would say the first, the from what I've seen, and I've only seen maybe seven episodes of the original series. Right. But I would say for the most part, it's not very strange at all. I mean, it's very conventional. Like, as far, even as far as, like, what the 
era of television mm-hmm. was. Like, it looks yeah. like a show from 1990. So I didn't find it to be too bizarre. I mean, there are certainly strange things going on yeah. uh, in it. But, I mean, for the most part, it's like your basic, you know, long-form murder mystery with quirky characters. And it's, you mm. know, more a lot more com- comedic, I'd say, than... Um, I'd say it's more comedic on purpose than the new series is as a whole. I, I, I've met probably two or three people who don't even like the new series at all because it's not it's not you know ironic it's not like commentary on sitcoms of the time it's Mm. just fucking weird and like out there and uh my sister-in-law included um oh she didn't like it she refuses to watch it she just won't watch it she's like oh it doesn't look that good i'm like because it's not old because it's not like oh there's no nostalgia built into it um but uh yeah, dude, the original, like the first season, I like it, but it's, yeah, it's very conventional. And you can see the commentary on, you know, Lynch is aware of sitcoms, and he's like throwing that in there, you know, a little bit, commentary on the times. But like, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Mm. And I work with a guy who's 42, I believe, and he was around when, when it aired. And uh, he was like, yeah, it was just like a normal show. Like, it was just, you know, Oh, who killed Laura Palmer? You know, people were talking. It was popular, right? And then the second season came out, and it got weird. You know, it got weird and weird. And like the last, he he he's always talks about the last episode of the second season. He's like, yeah, it was like so weird. You know, super weird. But you know, it was just a it was it's just a normal show. Like it wasn't, I don't know, yeah, remembered very well. Like after it ended, it was just kind of like whatever. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, it seems like. Like people nowadays our are, our generation or maybe a little bit older have like kind of taken it and run with it as have. as this sort of like i think it's like a cult thing i think yeah, most, most people look at, I think most people look at lynch as in an ironic way and they don't genu- yeah yeah i don't think they genuinely like are trying to understand it they're just like this is so cool because it's fucking weird and impossible to understand yeah like i've i've run into the same thing with uh chuck polinick the guy who wrote fight club like people yeah, they remember Fight Club and they remember the movie, but it's like when you actually get into like some of the like real things that he's trying to do with transgressive fiction, like people don't really, you know, it's that's a little too far for sure. most most people. You know, they just like, oh man, you got to read it. It's so gross, man, or you know, it's so weird, dude. You know, dude. I mean, a, a bro, good example. Bro. A good example for me is <laughs> uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Like you, mm. you watch this, and like I don't think I don't think of the show as ironic at all. Like I just watch it, and the shit that happens, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's kind of cheesy sometimes, but it's like whatever. Like it's got some really good ideas in it and stuff. But I feel like anybody else you know, younger than me are they're gonna watch it? Like oh, it's just like you know, fucking like hilarious, you know, like well, you know, I don't know. It's just the generation thing. I don't know. It's mm. jaded young people. I think it's an, intelli- <laughs> an intelligence level thing too. You think? I mean, I, yeah. I, well, I mean, not to. Sp- no, I mean, just this- Tim and Eric ruin everything. <laughs> well, a little bit. Well, just speaking of, uh, not. N- let me just uh, back up a little bit from the intelligence comment because, <laughs> but but the uh, because I want to talk about like Annie for for one is uh, his sister in law and it's like Annie is what twenty two or twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like when I was that age, if I liked something like Twin Peaks, I probably would have been like loath to watch something new that was made of it. You know, I'd have been the same way. I would have been like, oh, I don't know, it's not the same thing. It's not cool. Mm. And it, yeah, so it probably does come more with age and maturity. You know, uh, like just growing up and 
uh, figuring out what you truly like. Yeah. Because mm. like I said, a lot of people, not to put her in this category, I don't know, I don't honestly know her well enough to say this, but like, just like a lot of people, I really feel like they just look at Lynch as like a, he's just like an oddity and you just, it's funny because he's so weird. Mm. And even the scenes that are like dark or hilarious because they're just weird, you know? And it's just like, that's, I just really fucking hate the word weird. It's just such a lazy descriptor. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, but, but to get back to Inland Empire, like, uh, we famously on our previous podcast, the What We Watched podcast, which is still available on YouTube, we famously <laughs> solved Mulholland Drive. And, uh, <laughs> yes, we did. We, we came up with the What is the Meaning of Mulholland Drive? And it's on that episode if you want to check it out, the David Lynch episode. <laughs> and, um, I would like, is, is it possible to do with this film or, or do we have interpretations of this film, Inland Empire? Is there a meaning? Can we piece together, like, who is Nikki, whatever her last name is? And, uh, <laughs> you know, what is her. The, the movie's tagline is a woman in trouble. What is the trouble? What's going on? Mm. Why I, is Grace Zabriskie speaking I, <laughs> in that weird Russian accent? I thought her accent was phenomenal. I thought she, was, yeah. she did a great job. She was great. She was very creepy. I think the woman in trouble is, uh, I, not obviously, but the woman in trouble is the prostitute at the beginning. She's the woman that's trapped in the room mm. watching all these events unfold. And I feel like Laura Dern is, she's an actress, and the, the events that are unfolding on the television are somehow helping the prostitute woman to, I guess, escape her situation. And, like, Laura Dern's trials through the movie of, I, I mean, she's obviously, like, going schizo or something, because I, I, there's, like, no other explanation. She's she's blurring the lines between reality and uh, the film, um, especially at the end, whenever she's, like, everybody's, like, she's, like, cut, or, or the director's, like, cut, and everybody gets up and walks away, and she's still laying there. <laughs> and then she finally gets up, and she's just, like, in a daze. Or when she has the scene with uh, Justin Thoreau and she's she's saying i think he that knows was really he's like, scary. this sounds just like our script yeah 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 and he's and like, like what <laughs> yeah it's really really well, even weird. before that when like you know you talk too fucking much you know when they're having sex and yeah. like yeah she it's like <laughs> is she like breeding like you know are they having an affair or is this the movie you know are they like having sex and like rehearsing dialogue or like is this from what was it uh blue Dreams on high, yeah. On high with blue tomorrows or something, or no more blue tomorrows. I don't know. That's what that's what the lady at the end says. She says no more blue tomorrows, right? Or fear seven, yeah, four seven, yeah, room number, yeah. Creepy man, yeah. So it's like, (laughs) is it? Is it not? I I was reading it as, and you can tell me if this makes no sense because of something I might have missed, but I was reading it as the prostitute character is her. Because, uh, and they're the same, they're like two halves of the same personality or something. Because um, what mainly made me think that was the fact that it seems like Laura Dern is the one talking to the prostitutes all the time. Like, yeah. the group of prostitutes, the American ones, that is. The, uh, you know, the one with the tattoos and the hair and the, yeah, mm. all the, the ones who sing locomotion. And, uh, and, like, when she walks out onto the street before she gets stabbed, one of them looks at her and says, where have you been? And it's like, oh, like she's and she's confused, like she doesn't know who they are. It's like what, you yeah. know? And it's uh, it feels like they're, you know, like I say, two halves of the same 
person or that, something. That, See that? that makes sense because uh, at the end, the prostitute rejoins her family and the, the father is the husband of Laura Dern. Right. And I, you can see it as like, um, like whenever Laura Dern's banging Justin Theroux and the, the husband is like looking, you know, like mm-hmm. you can see that, you can feel that paranoia, you know, like, oh, he's watching me, you know. Right. I mean? mm. And maybe that has something to do with like the prostitute was married at one time with the kid, whatever, sure. and she just mm. ended up prostituting. She's guilty about that and she's paranoid that he's going to find out or something. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't yeah, know. it could be a lot of You're like with uh, like uh, Mulholland Drive, like, Naomi Watts wins that uh, that dancing contest, so then she gets to go off to Hollywood. But then you know Hollywood isn't all glitz and yeah. glamour, so maybe maybe the prostitute like went to like Hollywood or like you know I don't know the Polish equivalent, yeah, 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 yeah. or and you know like life fell apart. And comparing <sighs> comparing this to Mulholland Drive, Mulholland Drive is starts off happy, ends horrific. And this starts off horrific, well, you know, more or less, and ends very happy. Sure. So it's, you know. Opposite. Opposite. Well, I guess, uh, I mean, I don't know how much there more there is to say. I think we did a pretty good job at deep diving this beast. And al- yeah. al- also, okay, no, also, also, the Imhol and Drive, Naomi Watts has blonde hair. The other girl has dark hair. Sure. Mm-hmm. In this movie, it's reversed. Oh, because yeah, good, good the dark hair is has a happy ending and... Right. Yeah. That's good. Well, the dark hair... Wait, wait, wait. No, not the dark I'm sorry. Uh, in this movie, the dark hair has a happy ending. Yeah, you're right. Actually. And the blonde hair has a terrible ending, yeah, just like wrong. in Mulholland Drive. Spoiler. Hmm. <laughs> Weird. Uh, well, okay. Well, I guess we're finished with that. I guess we should give our ratings. So, uh, Jonathan, what did you give this out of five? Ten out of five. Ten out of five. You said... <laughs> I'm sure it's not that high. What was it? Four and a half. Okay. Uh, two... Okay, I gave it also a four and a half. Although I will say I was a five when I walked in this room. I was a five, but I've been thinking about it the whole podcast. Honestly, I haven't even. I'm totally zoned out. I haven't heard a word you guys have been saying, and it's a four and a half. So uh, <laughs> I guess real quick, we're gonna uh, get to some feedback that we got at the eleventh hour, right before we started recording. Mm. A piece of mail came in from our good friend. River, not girl's name, or no, sorry, River, girl's name. Sorry, River. I don't know. I don't even know. Last time we hypothesized that River must be a, a girl because the name is River, girl's name. Mm. But apparently, we might have been wrong. They say, "Hey, you people! Thanks for answering my question last time, even if it was a little nosy, because we said it was nosy." I just want to know more about you. You know. Oh, and by the way, you were wrong about my email name. It has a deeper meaning than what you guessed. Can you guess it? Can you guys guess it? River girl's name? I'm deeper meaning? My deeper Im- like a river is deep? I don't know. My immediate re- Phoenix? River Phoenix? Phoenix is a girl in X-Men. Are you River Phoenix's ah. ghost? Phoenix is a girl in X-Men. River. Okay. Phoenix. I would lean more towards Doctor Who. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, because River Song, and uh, she's like the daughter of Amy Pond. I forget exactly. Okay. 
That's all, interesting. all the details okay. of it, but I would I would guess Doctor Who. <laughs> Doc, is it is it related to Doctor Who? Kevin asks. Um, so my question this time is, what's your favorite moment of cinematic violence in any film ever? Oh, Ooh, John's good question or what? Like That's John really can't you know like you need to go away and think about this for a little bit. <laughs> no, I've been thinking about it. I'm good. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, so I guess I'll start. Yeah. I, uh, First of all, thank you for your question. It's an excellent question. I will say I am I am something of a connoisseur of cinema violence. I love violence in cinema. Even the stuff that's like disturbing and gross is fun in its own way. And um I'll say that the thing that first thing that came to my mind Jonathan, can you think of the first thing that came to my the mind? The end of taxi driver. Oh fuck, that's a good one. That's too. probably my favorite. I actually didn't think about <laughs> that's that. That's a one. classic. That is good. First thing that came to my mind was Robocop. Ooh, uh, that's like throughout though. I know. Well, <laughs> well, like the the execution scene, pretty much. Every, like he did said, you, throughout. Did they say oh, okay. scene or did they say? He said moment. moment. I guess moment. Maybe okay. uh, I gotta reread it. But anyways, uh, I was thinking RoboCop, and I guess if I had to narrow it down to one part in RoboCop, I honestly would probably go for uh, the. Uh, I mean, it sounds kind of ridiculous because of how violent the movie is, but the scene at the end when when uh, Boddicker. Boddicker gets killed with the blood spewing from his neck. Yeah. That scene rules when it he stabs him. with, the, Especially when he stabs him and he pulls the blade out and all the blood pours on his chest. <laughs> that's awesome, man. It's like has a slap sound on his chest. But, uh, yeah, Taxi Driver also uh, incredible. We used to watch uh, blood scenes when we were younger. We used to bring over <laughs> stacks of DVDs like Wild Bunch, Taxi Driver, Way of the Gun. We used to watch just the action blood scenes in them. Uh <laughs> Which totally disrespecting. I know, them. right? <laughs> like fuck movies. <laughs> but you know, Taxi Driver's fantastic. Um the yeah, entirety favorite, of, favorite moment of the entirety film. of Dread. Right, Dread is, is incredible. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Some great violence in Dread. Also, uh I mean, I know what Rustin would say. Uh, our friend, friend Rustin, who's obsessed with John Bernthal, would say his favorite moment. I think he would say his favorite moment of cinematic violence is in Die Hard, when uh, John McClane bursts through the door and shoots the Asian terrorist, and like blood sprays all over the back of the wall and everything. He really loves one that. scene with no blood is uh, um, in Predator. Whenever they're shooting the forest. That always gets me. Like that I, is good. I I love that mm, scene. That's a great scene. Yeah, I love the gun. fact that I love the fact that he's <laughs> shooting and they run up and they don't even ask. Yeah. Like they don't even question what's going on. They just start shooting in the same direction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. That is a great scene of, of yeah. and that I would count that as cinematic violence because it's you know they're and there's so many the guns. It's, yeah, it's violent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Kevin, uh, I re I really really like the uh, fight scene in. Um, only God forgives. Oh, yes. Where uh, Lieutenant yes. Chang just hands Ryan Gosling's ass to him on a silver platter. Amazing. <laughs> and with uh, Cliff Martinez's score in the background, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. I mean, the whole movie is is fucking amazing, but Fantastic. that that scene is just it's so good. Um. Let's see, other than that, uh, yeah, I really really enjoyed Dread. Um. Let's see. I will say that uh, uh, there's a scene I hate. I, I really hate Gerard Butler, and I would hate to give him any credit about anything. <laughs> but it's not really him. It's the movie. Uh, hmm. There's a terrible movie that he was in, directed by F. Gary Gray, called 
God, what the fuck is the name of that movie? It's him and Jamie Foxx, and Jamie Foxx law is like abiding a DA. citizen, yeah, law abiding yeah, citizen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that movie, he uh, he's in prison and he has a cellmate, and he plays nice with the cellmate, and then he takes out like this shiv that he made, which is like a it's like a knife coming out of the middle of his finger, like, and he stabs him in the throat with it like three or four times. Jeez. And it's very brutal, but mm. really cool how they did the blood and everything. Like, yeah. very, very bloody. So Braveheart. Braveheart. Braveheart is a good one. I mean, specifically, which I like. I, I really like the mean. part where, where uh, the blood, just the blood effect of uh, when he slashes the like the the mayor of that town or the sheriff of that town. He slashes his throat because he killed his wife. Yeah, mm. and the blood like trickles down out of the wound. That's incredible. Anytime, anytime there's blood coming out of like a hole on skin <laughs> in a movie, like uh, Saving Private Ryan, when Giovanni Ribisi gets shot, and they're like, the it's bleeding so slow, and they're yeah. having to wipe the blood away, and then like it keeps bleeding. Like that's inc- how do they do that? That's incredible. Yeah. To me. It happens with uh, in in a movie I talked about last week. I stand alone. Mm-hmm. He shoots his daughter, and. Uh, She's a hole in her neck, and blood is just pouring out of it. And it's just like, how do you do it? I don't even know where the tubes are and stuff, you know? Yeah. It's just incredible looking. Um, I am really excited about the fact that uh, Criterion is putting out a Blu-ray of Silence of the Lambs. Mm. That scene where uh, Lecter, like, he's he takes, he's, takes the baton and he beats sure. uh, Charles Napier to death. Whack, whack, and there's just more. The blood is the more, hitting him, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. But then, but then later, amazing later when they come in and they find the fucking Francis Bacon scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh Jesus, that is good too. I forgot yeah. about that one. That's a good one. Yeah. And speaking of Criterion, just uh, we were talking about Dead Man being re-released. I mean, Dead oh Man yeah, yeah, great, yeah, yeah, great, great violence. Yeah, like including another neck shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. uh Thank you so much for that question. Uh, I'm going to have to go home and watch some extremely violent stuff later uh, mm. to get my rocks off. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I guess that's going to pretty much do it for the show for this week. Um, Kevin, are your pick for next week, if you will? Next week, we are going to be discussing The Bad Sleep Well by Akira Kurosawa. Cool. I have I ser- a serious uh, lack of Kurosawa on my filmography or whatever you call it, my my watch list that I've watched. So yeah, it's uh, it's been a while since I've seen it. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to give it a five, but it, that could that could change. Um, and yeah, like since you were talking about the um, the couple of versions of Hamlet a while back, like personally, my favorite version of Hamlet. Oh, okay, great, so. awesome. So uh, I, I neglected to mention after the feedback section, but uh, if you want to reach us, if you want to write us an email that we will read and answer on the air, you can write us at feedback at filmyakpodcast.com. Uh, you can visit our website at feed, uh, filmyakpodcast.com, which we also have a blog connected to that site that we are trying to update constantly. And uh, like I say, my review of Wind River is up. So join us next time. We're going to be watching The Bad Sleep Well from Kurosawa. What year is this from, Kevin? You know, uh, I'd have to look it up. I'm going to say 56. Let's see. I might be totally wrong. I'm just going to guess 56. I think 56 <laughs> is Seven Samurai, though. So I might be. No, I think that's earlier. Earlier than that, isn't it? Yeah. So, oh, and also, for next time, I'm going to try to continue Godless 
hopefully you've just watched the whole fucking thing by next time. And, uh, cause it's only six episodes. And, uh, we'll be talking about that too, hopefully. And I will attempt, yes, to finish Twin Peaks. And the Jonathan's just done talking about it. <laughs> <It's just> yeah. Like... <laughs> 1960. Oh, I was off huh. by four years. Well, we'll look forward to watching that. Uh, thanks for a lot for listening, if you listened. And. We'll see you guys next time with more Film Yak. Come on.